It could have been a guy from Silicon Valley, but it looked like an orangutan. Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Sunday, March 4th, 2012. Time to get my nation media assassination episode 388. This is No Agenda. Exposing the techno experts from Camp Mofo in the capital of the drone star state, Austin Tejas. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. Four times a charm from here from Northern Silicon Valley. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. <laughs> I've pressed record now. So only the stream heard that wonderful conversation about Ampex well, we video tape. I mean, what we were talking about. <laughs> um, no, please don't start it over. Please. Let's it's not do that. You have a two-inch amp. Yeah, it's because. I got a two-incher, and that's all they need to know. That's all. Yeah, you got a two-incher. <laughs> that's about it. That's all we have to discuss. <laughs> Straight into fighting evil, ladies and gentlemen. In the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. In the morning to you, Adam Curry. And into, mor- in, uh, <laughs> into the morning, all ships at sea and boots on the ground, feet in the air. Into the morning. <laughs> and hello, chat room. Uh, NoAgendaStream.com. Good to see everybody charged up and ready to go. And good to see Lone Squirrel is in the chat room. I was kind of wondering. He's in Paducah. Paducah what's, can, Padu- what's a Paducah? Well, not much anymore. That's kind of like the kind of like the center of uh, all these uh, tornadoes. Oh God! When yeah, you that. see Paducah, Kentucky on uh, on the news, I'm like, you know, most people think, huh? I think Lone Squirrel, dude, is he going to be okay? And um, I will say that uh, just as a, a little uh, a little opener, just a, a teaser of what is to come. Uh, we played this clip, of which I have taken an excerpt, uh, one week ago today, and I said there was messaging in it, and this, of course, is from the compromised ABC News store, source who brought in some kind of expert, and here's what he said about the price of gasoline. Four ninety nine outside Yosemite National Park. The lowest prices in Wyoming, $3.27 in Casper. And according to experts, $6 gas is a real possibility this summer. $6 gas is probably one well-placed hurricane and one tiny little bit of supply disruption away. Some. So they opted for the tornadoes instead of the hurricane. But we certainly got the supply disruption as well with the Saudi where's pipeline. The, where's what? Oh, yeah, the Saudi thing was... Here you go. An explosion in Saudi Arabia has destroyed the pipelines, feeding one of the most important oil hubs in the world. The major pipeline starts in Abqaiq and ends at Ras Tanrua oil terminal. The main pipeline carries nearly 6 million barrels of oil each day. Pictures obtained from the Internet show the pipeline on fire with flames shooting over 15 meters high. The crude is exported to Western and Asian markets, the cause of the explosion is not known yet. Yep. And then there's more. Come on, guy. This Brent crude has soared about pipelines, is it? No, no, not at all. To its highest level in 10 months following reports of an explosion hitting Saudi oil pipelines. Just listen to Brent what he's, North what the, what the crude is trading at nearly $127 per barrel. There you go. Meanwhile, West Texas Intermediate is trading is trading above $109 a barrel. Last week, oil prices rose to a nine-month high due to Iran's cutting of crude exports. Yeah. So they're doing a good job. Uh, yeah, they're setting up a short, big one, monster. You know, I don't. I'm not so sure if they're going to do the short this time. Oh, they always do. Well, uh, well, well, eventually, but I don't think it, no, I, I, gonna uh, get you. The higher it goes, and when it starts to short, because it's like a falling knife, like they like to call it, it'll just yeah. really go down. So we'll get it back down to forty bucks. 
I've been reading this book, and this is something for the uh, the the No Agenda Book Club. Uh, it's called A Century of War, Anglo-American Oil Politics, and the New World Order, written by F. William and Engdahi, and as a link in the show notes. And it's been, uh, so I've really been just focusing on history uh, in the past couple of days. And if you really go back, I mean, everything, just all politics, politics, banks, oil, or hydrocarbons, that's it. It's nothing else, nothing else interesting in the world, except you people, you cannon fodder who use it. And uh, it's, it's really fascinating to see how um, uh, Anglo-American oil politics uh, really was responsible for the Weimar Republic. Um, and it, it's, this seems like a repeat, actually, what we're seeing now, John, and this maybe comes into your cycles, of the uh, two two things, actually, uh, I think we might be able to compare this to the 72 oil crisis. Let's just say it wasn't a quick short. It was you know, the falling knife, but it was a 72, 73 oil crisis to be ended uh, like 79. So let's see, uh, 72 and see, but since it's a 40 year cycle, I can't do the math. What is that? <laughs> You're asking the alpha male. Uh, hold on a second. Well, so I do uh, 2012. Hold on, where's my calculator? <laughs> oh, it opened up iCal. Thanks, Apple. Calculator. I think you already passed up your uh, answer. Yeah. So um, I thought this was interesting. There's a letter that went out from one of this wo- woman running against Feinstein. And she's just documenting one thing after another. Her main documentation is this guy, che- Stephen Chu. By the way, it's uh, exactly 40 years, 2012. Oh, uh, wow. <laughs> it's exactly 40 years. Yeah. Stephen Chu is the douchebag of energy, right? He's the secretary of energy. Secretary of douchebaggery. <laughs> yeah. And he uh, says uh, he made it because when asked by Representative Nunley whether the Obama administration wants to work to get gas prices to come back down, Chu replied that they're not focusing on that and that higher gas prices mean more of a push for the alternate energy sources the administration wants to push. Oh, bull crap. And then he went on and on and said that he thinks that we should be paying what? Of course, this is all Republican propaganda. Yeah. We should be paying what the Europeans pay for gasoline to <laughs> even things out. Really? Awesome. That's what Chu said? Yeah. Fire that guy. What a horrible he thing. high gas prices. So, you, well, you asked now, in, well, that, listen to this. In 1972, uh, the price of oil quadrupled, right? It went from like two, like two bucks to... No, I think it was like, was it two bucks? Was it? No, it was like 20 bucks, wasn't it? No, 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 no. It was like two. Okay. Yeah, no, it was, it's it, really, they can make it profitable. They, well, they can do whatever they want, actually. Yeah, it's just uh, pumping crap. Right, so it, it quadrupled, and essentially he's asking to quadruple it. It, it's, it seems like the same playbook, and that is actually really good because that will start an enormous recovery for the banks uh, who are in so much trouble right now. They've basically overextended, printed too much money, made a whole bunch of you know, bullcrap stuff, and, um, and if we can do this with, uh, with oil prices, then all, that, all those petrodollars come flowing back. So it's it's kind of the only way the banks can go, historically speaking. Well, we'll see. Whatever the case is, this Chew guy is an idiot. Mm. Hmm. No, he's just a shill. I wouldn't say he's a... Yeah, he's just a shill. Yeah, just the, like... He can't be an idiot? Yes, if you're a shill, you're a smart guy? 
No, I think these guys are actually pretty smart. I think Chew's pretty smart. I don't know. Yeah. I'd have to chew on that one. Hi, everybody, now. So I was watching uh, uh, Pierce Moron, because he, he had Ron Paul on. And actually, it was quite boring, the Ron Paul part. Uh, but he started off with a clip from Rick Santorum, who I'm now convinced is uh, someone on the inside is advising him who listens to this show. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard? Listen to this. No, I... Listen to this. Ten states across the country voting. Listen to Rick Santorum today on his strategy for the big day. I've said from the very beginning, this is an episode of Survivor. We just need to stay on the island, not get voted off, keep plugging, stay on message, and have, hopefully, the grassroots of uh, a conservative movement support us. <laughs> Don't get voted off. Isn't that what we keep saying? Don't get voted yeah, off. Don't get voted off. That. <laughs> Don't get voted off the then island. we turn around to some other epi- episodic survival uh, meme at play. But our producer, Kelly, um, she and her husband, they made a couple Santorums the other day. Uh, as we know, Santorums is the frothy drink you just love to make. Have you tried yeah, it yet? Yeah, I've been wanting to make a video of, of doing it uh, uh, at the office. Make a you, know, you can do it. You get the, uh, I can have it produced. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. So the same. You just do it with a small camcorder and just put it on YouTube. But Let me just recall the recipe. It's uh, you chop up a pe- peppermint patties. You know, yeah, you don't really have to chop it up too much. You take a peppermint patty. Yeah. Some vodka. Uh-huh. And some creme, creme de cacao. Creme de cacao. For, for extra frothy. And you throw it in the blender <laughs> and you let it rip. And you drink it and it's... Uh... I haven't done one yet, but I'm, I'm just by thinking about... I'm sure it tastes good, but just by thinking about the ingredients, I think it probably does froth up and look like a, a, like a glass full of turds. <laughs> <laughs> so she, uh, she actually, while she was high on uh, Santorum, figured out the true... Genesis of his why because neuro linguistic programming. Okay, so we now why don't you just explain what you know? We've been following his uh, his why because for a while. It's just for, yeah, he he uses it on in a very unusual manner that once you catch it, you you hear it all the time. He will be talking about something and then he'll just throw in almost as though it's one word. Why because. Mm-hmm. And then go on with some explanation, which sounds like it has something to do with what he was just talking about. But when it's analyzed carefully, it's kind of like it's it's almost a non sequitur. He doesn't necessarily continue talking about the main point, but he brings in some propagandistic pro. It's just hard to explain it. But the people that have discussed it with us have told us that when you it just is a moment where you can just it just confuses the brain for just a split second enough so that you, you can feed the, the listener some bogus bogus information right. or something that convinces them of, that they should be thinking a certain way. Well, I think there's also a deep rooted neuro linguistic trigger programmed into this. Why? Because. And when she, when Kelly sent me this clip, I'm going to play a couple seconds of it. Generations of Americans have linked these two words together to a very special message. Now it's time to say goodbye Ah. to all our company. See you real soon. Because we like you. (laughs) 
I think there's something to it. So who sent that in? Kelly. Kelly's a genius. That's what I. I'm like, oh my god, you nailed it. That's exactly what it is. You nailed it. Why? Everybody over the age. There's a certain age, though. That that, of course, that's that's a group that he that follows him. The uh, well, but they still use this. The the Mickey Mouse. They they don't even still have the Mickey Mouse Club anymore, do they? Yeah, that's where Britney Spears and uh, yeah, but that's she's old. I mean, it's not. (laughs) When's the last time they did a Britney anyone from? I think was it uh, Christina Aguilera, Justin, Rosanna, Dan. Hello, no, no, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the 21st century, Justin Timberlake, Christina Aguilera. He's not old. He's not a kid. He's not on the Mickey Mouse Club. He and was. Yeah, the he other was. one is Miley Cyrus, which was the Rosetta. Yes, Rosetta hello, and, another and, one. And, yeah. Now, come on, man. Here, Mickey Mouse Club, let's just say. No, there's no Mickey Mouse Club anymore. Yes, there is. A, over. No, there is a Mickey Mouse Club. Absolutely. Mickey Mouse Club. Of course there is. They're Mouseketeers. Yeah, yeah the Mickey Mouse Club. Wiki, Wikipedia's got the whole thing. Yeah, we have to. Uh, Big run was between 55 and 59. Duh. But uh, let's see. Syndication. Uh, 1990s revival. As long as you've got the 1990s people in there, that's good. Because, you know, that's that's where the voters are now. So I think now they call it the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. But it's the same thing. No, it's not. It was a daily TV show that was on... Uh... On Disney, dude, they have a whole freaking channel now called the Disney Channel. Ah, this is true, but is it any? Do they show any Mickey Mouse Club yes! stuff? Yes, yes, so yes. This is the millennials, man. Christina Aguilera. Yeah, I know all those great stars came from <laughs> all, this, oh, all the stars, great stars. <laughs> what, hello, <laughs> Jerry. Uh, hello. Yeah, hey, Spears, put, Justin put John back on. Will you? Ryan Gosling. Yeah. <laughs> Put John Nikki C. Deloach. I mean, it's everybody. Jessica Simpson. Yes. I didn't realize she yes. came out of that. Yes. Oh, no. She didn't make it under the show. She was a finalist. Justin Timberlake. Yeah, man. So, anyway, the point it's is a well cancellation made. in 1994. That's when it ended. So, you're living in the past. It's almost oh, yeah. it's eight years ago. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. What am I thinking? 18 years ago. Yeah. The point is that it is embedded into people's psyche at a very, very deep level. Why? Because we like you. And if you go to Disneyland, you'll hear it everywhere. So, anyway, I think it's great. Uh, This is the kind of work I love from our producers, uh, and I want to especially thank um, Robert Leather and Willem Trump, who contribute to NoAgendaNewsNetwork.com. They've been just been doing such a stellar job. Yeah, I I check into noagendanewsnetwork.com probably every hour. And, you know, these guys are not only listening to the show, but they're really doing some research that you cannot get anywhere else. Certainly not aggregated into one place where you can just, it's just jumping off the page. So the stuff those guys do is great. Well, on the topic, I might as well thank a few of our executive producers. Let's do it. So we have uh, a um, uh, a good number of people that jumped on the 33333 bandwagon at the last minute, a couple of them. Good. This got was you, yes, you yesterday. In. Yesterday was 33, exactly. Yeah, so we got uh, four executive, real executive producers that will be also members of the 333.33 club. Uh, Samuel O'Brien in Auckland, Australia. Uh, upstart, the guys that build stuff in the only night with four penises would like to... <laughs> what? 
like to donate three 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 three, so the best podcast in the universe doesn't have to go back to one show a week, as there's Good. way too much whooping to be done. Oh yeah. We got some whooping to do later in the show, by the well, way. Well, these are the when guys. When it comes to no agenda, we will keep the faith, and we thought we'd celebrate the ruthless efficiency in which you assassinate the media by playing the top Australian mu music producer by the name of Nick to remix the honorable homophobic Reverend Manning's classic Ron Paul rant, which will have uh, a premiere at the end of the show. Yeah, so, the, so these guys donated. Yeah. Not only did they donate 3333, they had a... A top remixer remixed this, and I have to say it's pretty awesome. They did a video for it. They got a website for it, which I'm not going to tell you yet because otherwise it won't be a premiere on the show, and no one will be listening to us. Yeah, there's be. always the thing called a preview, so uh, that's not you mean, true. You mean a tease? Yeah, a tease. Do you, you, you want a tease? Is that what you're asking like, for? Well, well, people will turn over there, and then we lose five minutes. <laughs> There's your little tease. Well, we already know that part. Yeah. Uh, Scott Hankel, Sir Scott Hankel, Sunland, California, 33333. Like a special karma shout out to my wife and I on our first home purchase. Yay. We're pursu they're pursuing it. It's been a long time coming. Pray that the sellers select our offer over the many others they've received. By the way, thanks for all the other karma shout outs you've done for us. That a lot of good luck has come our way because of it. And a special thank you to all the hard work you and Adam do to make it the best podcast in the universe. So give them a shout of karma. You've got karma. Anonymous there in uh, Bridgewater, New Jersey, three 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 three. A citizen's another drunk donation, or am I <laughs> feeling extra happy on my birthday? A little bit of both, but since I got some karma built in, having been born on three three, surely I've got some time to some to spare. Karma and money on the best podcast in the universe. Last year's unsolicited karma backfired in many more ways than I can say, but I figured it was because I'd already received value enough for my donation before I'd made it. I think I'm getting better donation wise since then, so I'm actually going to ask for karma enough to live through one more year. Um, Life's in your hands, John and Adam. Well, unf unfortunately. We only know karma to work for a week. Yeah, so good luck. So, but here it is. <laughs> You've got karma. If you can stretch it, let us know in a year. Uh, Matthew Wittering, Bedford, uh, Bedfordshire, three thirty-three thirty-three. And I don't know if we have a note from him. I don't. Uh, I don't. See, I don't see a note either. Let no. me take a quick look into the. No. Uh, I don't think so. Wittering into the uh, email. And the just emails. See. The emails. Oh, uh, the emails. Uh, well, he said, yeah, here he is. Okay. He says he sent something in. Yikes. <laughs> you dirty box sirred disbelieving media assassinations. Last week I was in the San Francisco Gitmo Nation West playing a game I like to call Spot Dvorak. I didn't see him. <laughs> Wait. So no on the spot donations. People, However, people go to San Francisco and try to spot you. Is that, what, is that the new game? It's a new game, Spot Dvorak. Uh, however, bequeath you some of 33333 on the third day of the third month. Hopefully, there'll be super cosmic planet alignment karma. Uh, he opted out the body scanner and SFO so, uh, so he could be carefully scrutinized. When I arrived at the checkpoint, I removed my laptop from my bag and emptied my pockets of everything, save my original no agenda challenge coin number 58. <laughs> As I made a path toward the metal detector, the TSA douche monkey waved me toward the pervert machine. <laughs> I stopped and I said in my best English public school boy accent, excuse me, sir, I would like to opt out. 
the grumpy old bastard of a TSA agent standing in front of me retracted the cordon prevent you from walking through the metal detector like the bouncer with a velvet rope. The TSA agent said, okay, then screamed, opt out, opt out, code five, code five. <laughs> this was repeated down the line. Wow, this is a, this is a good story. I walked through the metal detector and was hemmed in by the x-ray scanner. Everyone in the line queuing to pass through the naked body scanner expression was, what the fuck, you can do that? <laughs> you can opt out? No, really? Especially one gormless teenage boy. I stood there feeling totally smug with myself, and why not? <laughs> this is where it got interesting. Uh -oh. The old fart from TSA said, excuse me, sir, why don't you want to go through the scanner? <laughs> Okay. It scares me. <laughs> TSA agent, what are you, a man or a mouse? Really? What scares you about it? Wow. He replies, cancer. Wow. TSA agent, well, you're probably going to get more radiation from that x-ray yeah, machine yeah. you're standing next to. Anyway, what do I care? I get paid however we check you. Really? He went further to say, if you're bothered about privacy, you should know that we no longer have agents looking at images. It's done by software. The space is now oh. used for storage. Oh. Personally, I think the comment was bogative, he said. Yeah. yeah. yeah it is. That's software. bullshit. Where did that come from? Yeah, software. You're, it's just a gingerbread man. Anyway, so after the TSA had identified the three ways in which I'd filled with my effects... The three trays, I'm sorry, that I filled with my effects. The stormtroopers marched me to a glass wall, which felt like a fish tank. I was then asked if I was happy to be searched here. I said, yes. I went been out of the passengers yeah. to see my experience. On the walk over, I realized I had not removed my challenge coin from oh. the coin pocket. Oh, no. Anyway, I told the second TSA agent when he asked me if I had anything in my pocket, saying I have this challenge coin. <laughs> Quickly rolling it through my fingers, I place it in the tray, festooned with the contents of my pockets. He should write for a living. This guy's the good. The agent looked extremely impressed at the coin. I think that contributed to confusing him because he found it difficult to explain how the process from here would take place. Sh shiny objects confuse them quickly, obviously. <laughs> After the search was complete, I was very pleased that I had opted out. I would not have opted out of the scanner if I had not listened to No Agenda. I've been a faithful listener to No Agenda since episode one and believe wholeheartedly that this is the best podcast in, in the, the universe. universe. John Adams' analysis is something that cannot be copied or replicated. I, to see it disappear would be truly terrible. Yeah, I agree. There you go. Wow, that, what, a, what a great story. the story. Thank you. Uh, the, uh, the only other thing I would add is you should say, I will go through the naked body x-ray scanner when you're wearing a dosimeter. That, yeah, usually, that usually gets them thinking. And I always, you always say, you, you notice that Janet Napolitano won't go through one. Yeah, exactly. Your boss. Your boss. Yeah. And that's why, what are you scared of, man or a mouse? I think you said somebody <laughs> say that. I mean, I'd, I'd be all over that. <coughs> oh, anyway, man. onward. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for the support. And now uh, we've got one, a couple, two or three. Uh, Wait, no, uh, where's Ed? I'm giving these are all the rest are associate executive producers. Oh, okay. Uh, Ed Chavez in New York. It's been a while I donated, but after translating a few books, I'm now able to send in some Japanese Euro style palindrome cash, 21312. I'd like to ask for some karma for the books I worked on. 
So you need some karma. Yes, absolutely. You've got karma. Uh, GTO, 14 Days, and A Caring Man. Those are the books. Looking forward to more freelance work. Hopefully a future knighthood. I'm now over the halfway mark. Uh, Nikolai Balba in, oh, in Celebration, Florida. <laughs> wow. You know what Celebration, Florida is? Uh, drug capital of the world? No, this is that created city that Disney created that is the Oh, that Creepyville. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not, I don't know. I think Levittown may be just as creepy, but it's a real pleasant place that is just has its weird. It's just very weird. I've been there a couple of times. I always get a kick out of it. Uh, so, but I'm really glad to get out of there. $303.12. <laughs> no offense to you, Nikolai. Uh, I guess it's anywhere. <laughs> There's some well, we can play there. the theme song for... Uh... Celebration Florida. It's cool in the gang. Okay. Thanks for this great show. Been listening from episode one, and I'm a total nag, no agenda geek. Mm. That's a good one. Yeah. Haven't donated much uh, other than monthly $5 trickle plan, but so here's a, so a major de-douching is in order, and of course I can't wait to get my karma, give him a combo shot. <laughs> You've been de-douched. You've got karma. Mm, tight on a Sunday. I would really doubt anyone else from Celebration Florida listens to this show. They're too happy. They're all saying, jo why? Because. Joshua Polson, Ridgefield, Washington, 220. Sure gall in the chat room. Thanks for the best podcast in the universe, which round me up to an even 500, which makes me a midnight. <laughs> Cute. Good. Yeah. A lot of puns in here today. Yeah, people are good. Please send some karma to the family of Andrew Bart Bart Bright Bright Bart. Sorry. You've got karma. Suzanne Foley, Ardmore, Pennsylvania, 21212. Howdy! Frocken Bankenstein from the of at com. Coming in from an ex executive producership. Karma would be much appreciated for my upcoming meditation retreats. Hopefully I'll get the big E and become enlightened. You've got karma. Suzanne, you speak in riddles. Mitch Bidron in Long Beach, California, $201 and one penny. This donation completes my knighthood. Woo! I would reciprocate the douchebag call out to Patrick Brennan. Douchebag. But if you'll just finish up his knighthood, forget it. Oops. Would like to throw a little karma at my mom, Tish Samunza. She needs it. All okay. Right. We'll hand it to her right now, Mom. You've got... Karma. Also, nothing like some mom karma. In yeah, the and while we're talking about mom, also a PR mention, I registered ChristiansAgainstMasturbation.com, <laughs> redirecting to the No Agenda show. Come on, that'll get some frothy clicks. Give my wife a MILF, too. Thanks, guys. Keep it up, Mitch. MILF. That's one I'd like to. <laughs> I'm always looking for that name. You know, I keep a, a list of domain names handy for when people say, oh, so where can I find the show? You know, so in, in Texas, you know, Rick Perry is an idiot. Dot com still works, uh, but I like Christians against masturbation. Uh, what is it? I gotta remember it. Christians, Christians against, against masturbation. Dot com. I think I think that'll uh, people will remember that one. Uh, Don in Hawaii at two hundred bucks is our final associate executive producer. He's paying his income taxes today to the feds in the state of California and Hawaii. Yikes! Whoa. The feds, jeez. 
the feds could use the money more wisely and the state won't fix the potholes in the roads that are getting worse. I only travel roads that I know where the potholes are. <laughs> I got a pothole down on one of these streets down here. I keep hitting it. I know it's there and I keep hitting it. And it's just a so, painful so, one. Should I tell you something? We had yes. one pothole here uh, near Comanche Trail. Three days. Things patched up. And we pay no taxes. Yeah, it gets right. But this is what gets me. Washington State has got has no fe- uh, state income tax, and they their roads are much better up there. Mm-hmm. So yep. It's because it, when there's a lot of money, they just steal the money, and it gets so yep. they get so addicted to the stealing that they never do their services. Yep. <sighs> I get nothing <laughs> next to nothing for my tax dollar, but you dear people give me a lot of information, education, and entertainment. I'm sorry you aren't supported well enough to do the show three times a week. Right. I'm. I sure hope you don't go to once a week. If so, then let it be. I'm learning to do without. In Hawaii, I live 10 feet from the high water mark. Hold on a second. Uh, it's pretty nice. And at 75, he's 75. Hmm. I can live without a woman fairly well. <laughs> I can do without a lot of things. But please don't go to one show a week. This is one thing I would have trouble doing without. Christians uh, against masturbation.com. <laughs> yes. Okay, very good. Yeah. All right, so we want to thank. Well, all let me let me give him let me give him a karma shot. Some seventy five year old getting laid karma. You've got karma. He deserves that. I think so. I everybody. I want to thank all executive producers for helping support this particular show, number three eight eight. Hell yeah! And remind you to go to uh, noagendashow.com, noagendanation.com, dvorak.org slash na, and channeldvorak.com slash na. If you can't get to dvorak.org slash na, dvorak.org. Slash N-A. Just a few uh, PR mentions besides uh, the domain name forwarding to uh, noagendashow.com, which is uh, christiansagainstmasturbation.com. Uh, so a new one, which will be premiering at the end of the show, which I'm not going to tell you because otherwise people will go and we'll lose them for five minutes watching that video. Uh, but also uh, Marco and... Uh, what about Marco and Yap? Remember the guys who had the T-shirts on in the South Pole? Oh, yeah, those guys. So apparently we missed um, Marco's birthday yeah. somehow in uh, during one of our segments. So we're very sorry uh, and uh, happy belated birthday to you. And um, they've forwarded a couple of domain names to our show site, even though we're the douchebags. Noagenda21.eu, now forwarding. I like that to, one. I think that is beautiful. Also, Nazis.nl which is uh, kind of an interesting play on words for the uh, Lowlands listeners. And then one more, which is great for our game show. And when you, know, when you have a domain name, that's, I'd have to say, that's probably 90% of the work of putting the project together. So we now have dronehunt.com. Ooh. Yeah. And I well, think, we just need the game. We need, this, is, this is an iPad game. No, it's a real televised game. I, I think you're right, but... No, no, no. It's a televised game. You heard game. me out there. You heard me out there, yeah. developers, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Drone hunt, right. Well, the reason why I thought it could be a real game is because we have a venue for it. Trying to raise cash to pay off its debts, the Greek government pushes ahead with privatization plans and has invited bids for the future management rights to the International Broadcasting Center in Athens. That vast complex was built for the 2004 Olympics. It includes a shopping center and unused land. It's currently operated by a developer which has a lease that runs for another 35 years. So, you know, I'm just dreaming big here. But we could have drone hunt in the Olympic Village 
which pretty much looks bombed out anyway. We have the International Broadcast Center. So we have, you know, all the gear, everything's all set, all the control rooms. And that could be the big finale, John. I'm just dr- dreaming big, right? You know, it's, it's a worldwide project. It's kind of like The Voice, Only You Die by Dronage. And that could so be there's our- a big broadcasting studio that's just there oh, vacant? Yeah. yeah, just vacant. Really? Just waiting for us to take over. Huh. Hi, says uh, Kema. Greetings from Gitmo Taco Slave living in Sweden. Uh, www.pejecristo.com is now pointing to the No Agenda webpage. I know the name Pejecristo, P-E-J-E-C-R-I-S-T-O, will not make any sense to you, but it is starting to be big and a trendy word for the 2012 presidential election in Mexico. Pejecristo. So Uh we'll just have to wait for that, I guess, and we're ahead of the game. Ahead of the game. Also, thanks to uh, Matt... uh, he uh, set up governmentdrones.com. Thank you for all your hard work. And that's, uh, that's very nice. Government drones. Governmentdrones.com. I mean, we, we are the drone kings here. I don't care what you say. So far. So far, yeah. We're still ahead of the game. Uh, note from uh, Eric the Shill, if you uh, are behind on your uh, the No Agenda newsletter, he now has a... Um, a uh, it's a noagendanation.com slash newsletter is now pointing to the newsletter archives. So you can get a hold of that there. Uh, a big shout out to, I'm not sure who did this. Let me see. Uh, someone finally did a video about our, uh, our, it's actually the video is called Why Syria? The Obama-Hillary-Lucifer-Clinton Pipeline Wars. And uh, let's see, that was uploaded by MS Locator on YouTube, and I'm pointing to that in the show notes as well, which is just fantastic. It's a 14-minute video, did all the maps, did all the work of, uh, you know, with just our audio in the background, John, is really cool. Really, really cool. And finally, we've got a little bit of traction. Now, I I would have hoped for more promotion for the show, uh, but one of our producers was watching C-SPAN, producer Matt Zafir, and uh, this douchebag from the World Bank was on. Uri Dadouche is actually his name. <laughs> He's a douche. He's na- a Dadouche. His, hey, his name is Uri Dadouche. Dadouche. <laughs> Who's the douche? I'm the douche. No, you're the douche. And, uh, and so he, he throws it in the morning, which is cool. And he actually asked a pretty good question, although he could have put more no. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, don't be afraid to say, like I've heard discussed on the No Agenda show. Something like that you can always throw in. Um, but I thought it was interesting because he kind of caught the World Bank Dadouche guy off guard um, about uh, the policies such as the economic, as such are described in the book, The Economic Hitmen. So here's, uh, here's Matt calling in on C-SPAN on our behalf with a, a No Agenda question with some No Agenda promotion. Enough to get you listening. A discussion about the World Bank for our next uh, 45 minutes. Uri Dadouche from the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace joins us. He serves as their International Economics Program Director, but you were formerly inside the World Bank. Yes, that's right. I I worked at the World Bank for 17 years and uh, uh, left it about three years ago to join Carnegie. Uh, Burlington, Vermont, Matt, Independent Line. Hi, in the morning. Yeah, I'd like to... um, I love that. Hi, in the morning. Take your time. Take your time. Get your comments on maybe the World Bank being used for some nefarious purposes, maybe in developing countries. 
um, specifically activities um, like John Perkins describes in his book Confessions of an Economic Hit, Hitman. Um, you know, just like your comment on that. For those who may not have followed the book, what's your specific question, caller? Um, in this is where he should have said, well, on the No Agenda show, they explained very clearly that uh, you, you, know, you, you don't lend the money, you basically put American companies in there. In that book, he uh, describes maybe intelligence agencies using um, the World Bank and other um, international banking funds to perhaps, you know, not for the interest of the developing countries, but more of a globalist uh, perspective. Now, normally I would have ended the clip here, John, but I thought Dadush's answer was actually quite revealing, so it's worth listening to. We've got yeah. Uh, any any time you have um, <coughs> an infusion, he's flustered. <coughs> uh, yeah. <coughs> okay. Infusion of substantial amounts of money into an economy. That money can be used in different ways. Uh, economists like to say that money is uh, uh, fungible. Okay, we've learned something when we talk about fungible funds. Fungible, okay, I learned something here. Um, even if uh, it is not dedicated to a particularly nefarious goal, as you, as you, have, uh, <laughs> uh, as you have described it. It's uh, just it, a coincidence. He, he ends it on a beautiful note here. Can nevertheless create the budget room to do whatever the uh, government wants to do in, uh, in other areas. Uh, that is uh, uh, just part of, the, uh, part of the game. It's just part of the game. <laughs> so although low on no agenda show promotion, I thought the, the answer he drew out of him was pretty good. It's all just part of the game. Don't you understand that? Stupid slave, shut up, will ya? <clears throat> so thank you uh, for that. And thanks uh, to all of uh, the uh, producers around Gitmo Nation who help us out and propagate the formula. And of course, our associate and uh, executive, associate executive and executive producers. Uh, these are real credits. They are highly appreciated because this keeps the show rolling two shows a week. And obviously, if you choose, you can just go out and propagate that formula. Our formula is this we go out, we hit people in the mouth. It's all part of the game, so shut up, slave. Yeah, that's pretty revealing. It's just part of the game. <laughs> that they're, they're trying to help people out. I mean, what are they thinking? It's just part of the game, man. What's your problem? Don't you get it? It's part of the game. Idiot. So I got the story of the day. Good. If you want to start off with the story of the day. Yeah, I might as well. I mean, we've been... Of course, this is done on the morning. They have the Today Show and the morning show on CBS and I guess the ABC Good Morning America. They've all decided to go to a B team. Oh. And they put, the, they put a separate show. It's the same show with a whole different group. Like the, it's like the guys, it's like the backup team. Wait a minute. So is everyone on vacation or? or no, no, no. They the rather people work five days a week. They're not going to work another day. So this is the weekend team, you mean? Yeah, the weekend team. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so it's the so same got, same format, same formula. Everything's the same except the right. weekend team is, I think, in some instances and maybe all instances, is better. It's a better team. But that's beside the point. Well, yeah, because you get complacent, you know. 
Yeah, well, that and you don't have to work. I mean, it's also easier to work one day a week on a show yeah. where you have to get up at four in the morning. Hey, wait a minute. That one day a week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's better go. to work. Especially one. you have to get up at four in the morning. Wait, why are we doing two? We should do one <laughs> no, a week. It's much, five. it's much better. So anyway, so but some of this stuff is, of course, obviously, you know, promotional and some. There's a lot no. of weird promotional stuff no. I've noticed. No, you don't say. Yeah, it's weird. It's just a new thing with me that I've I've, I've you, decided. No. But anyway, but we got some stuff before the next segment to talk about promotionally. But li- read, play this clip. This is like what? This was the you kidding me? <laughs> also, believe it or not, there's an app for apes. An outreach group for orangutans sent iPads to zoos all over the country. The primates are using them to paint and to color, and scientists hope that they'll eventually Skype with apes at other zoos. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> we've already we've already completed that technology. I Skype with an ape twice a week. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> what? This is bogus. This is only to draw attention to the iPad, iPad 3. Of the yeah. rollout. Yeah. Which is Wednesday. This coming week of yeah. the iPad 3. Yeah. So this is a, a bogative story. Or just bogus is not really negative. And I don't believe it because what is an orangutan going to do when they get a hold of one of these things? They're going to start bashing it against something. No, that's not true. It is true. They're going to start jerking off. That's what orangutans always well, they do. Jerk off all over. It's going to make a mess. <laughs> Whatever Skype. the case is, it's not going to be good for the machine. And I don't believe any of this story for one minute. <laughs> Did they have B-roll? Did they have a video of, uh, of orangutans? <laughs> Oh, let me think. Did they? They may have actually had some B-roll of orangutan. It could have been a guy from Silicon Valley, but it looked like an orangutan uh, holding uh, the thing and then poking it. He was poking it with his finger, I might add. Let me see. Orangutan iPads. Let me see if I can find this. Milwaukee Zoo orangutans are big iPad 2 fans. In fact, they are, they're, they're threatening to uh, kill their zookeepers if they don't get an iPad 3. Yeah, and it's, they want the wi- the Wi-Fi Plus LTE version. They don't want the cheap one. Want the, and the, it has to be on Verizon. Otherwise, they don't. There's no deal, and we're, we're not going to play nice for the visitors. Yeah, that's pretty unbelievable. But is it really? I mean, my God, is it really? It's all. It's all that it is. I mean, there's no news. There's no. There was absolutely no news this week. I mean, I feel bad for everyone in Paducah. Oh, yeah, no, the news was, was, well, there's actually a couple different things that were going on that kind of swamped the news. But there was, but so I ended up, there wasn't a lot of stuff on C-SPAN either, so I ended up taking a look at some of the new uh, fall, what is it, fall, winter programming, spring programming, some of the new shows. The the new lineup, yeah. Have you, the the best show, the best show Can I just just tell you, can I tell you the show that I like? Okay. The debuted uh, after the Super Bowl, because it hits my gay bone, is Smash. Oh! We watched it finally. What a piece of crap. <laughs> no, no. That is the worst show in the history of... And it's another example of Steven Spielberg cannot do TV. It's glee. It's, it's, oh, it's a total glee clone with no yeah. humor. But the thing that I like, because they, they did something... You, wait, wait. You actually... Well, let, me make, let me get my pen. Yeah, write it down. Because this premiered after the Super Bowl. And Mickey watches this. So, you know, I'm, I'm not She's like... She's in the business, kind yeah, of. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but this but is not I, a show for the public. Hello, they talk I, about the book. The book, listen, the book. Nobody knows no. what they're talking about. The reason I watch this from a standpoint as a television executive, 
And the first two episodes were spot on the money because the Glee audience is huge. And then they did something really bad. They did an episode with no choreographed dancing number. And if you don't do that, your ratings tank. And lo and behold, the ratings tanked. Everyone's like, oh, the show's going to get canceled. And then the last episode they did, they pulled it back and they had a whole bunch of choreographed numbers. And that, it's, it, it is what the Glee audience wants. Dancing! <laughs> it's like fame. It's like Glee. It's, it's all that stuff. So it has a real shot if they keep the... It has no shot. If they keep the gay dancing alive. Yeah, it has no shot. Listen, you, I work for ABC. And we're kicking your ass in the ratings, Mr. NBC. So what That's else? an NBC show. I know. So what did you find? What did I find? The new lineup. Well, you said you were watching well, the no, new now lineup. Now you got me on the, off, the, off the deep end on this horrible show, <laughs> Smash, with this phony story. <laughs> And it is a bit much, to say the least. Well, I think you we're missing out on some real, real programs. Some real, oh, some real winners. Okay. Yeah, but mm-hmm. of course it's cable, so it's the, you don't have to expect the big numbers. You have to expect on Smash. You know what? Number, Which, by the way, did get re-upped. I think they're going to do at least. 10 yeah, episodes. because they brought back the gay. So what? Do you know what the number one show is on cable right now? Number one show. Number one show. Uh, no. Jersey Shore, back oh, on yeah. top. Yeah, no, I, I, I knew that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here's an up and comer. Doomsday Preppers. And by the way, before you play the clip. Yeah, I know the this. The word prepper has become. And, and I, oh, it's negative. Little, it's negative. subtle now. innuendo with this term, which also is truther. Yeah. Prepper. Birther. Uh, you know, birther. All these things. Yeah. It's all it's all uh, deri- yeah, that, it's derisive. Yeah. But prepper is now a term that is actually in the genre. And you will see it crop up once in a while. So when people out there you see, oh, there's a, they're preppers. There's a whole they're movement. Talking to, they're talking about these people. Yeah, these people. Today, Donna is having Sunday dinner with her family. But she's also got an extra group activity on the agenda. I'm going to take advantage of my family who's all here and do a pandemic drill, which <laughs> they probably won't like. But if I want my family to... That, by the way, is bull crap. I'm, i got to stop right now. Preppers are not preparing for pandemic drills. This is meant to ridicule people who are actually preparing for financial economic Armageddon. Finish the clip. Survive. They're going to have to learn to like it. And that's just all there is to it. Okay, guys. We are going to do a pandemic drill. <laughs> I would so, like to watch a ball game. I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> that's a grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to watch the ball game. <laughs> Shut up and take some more of your pills. Get your meds, grandpa. But I'm going to interrupt you because I want you to do this. It's really that important. If you go into labor, just raise your hand. Okay? <laughs> I'm raising it's my hand. It's important for my family to understand. I love the Tinkerbell music, too. It's like, idiots. Yes, they're idiots. Yes, yeah, they're stupid, stupid so idiots. You do. That's the way you produce a show like what this. What they need to do during a pandemic. So these are the isolation gowns. So I want them to participate in drills. These, can you tell what they are? <laughs> Not hats. <laughs> Feet thingies. Yep. I'm going to give you all a mask. And the last thing we're going to give you are the gloves. 
This is crazy. This has nothing to do with preppers. This is pre- preparing people for no, no, no. the show has got all flu. kinds of different kinds of preppers. This happens just to be the extreme case of some nutball, you know, suburban housewife <laughs> who's got not too much time on her hands, and she's also a freak, and she's got granddad and grandma living in her house. Wait a minute. Her- question: Is she hot? No. Oh, man. She's a, well, I mean, even if she was hot, she wouldn't be hot because of this. But finish it up, and then we'll just discuss it. Do we really need to put them on? Yes, you really do. Doctors believe that the young may not have immunity to a serious flu virus and therefore will be at a greater risk of infection. On your mark, get set, go. Fast, 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 fast. Every prepper knows <laughs> that time is crucial in a survival situation. Go, 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 go. So Donna's goal is to get her family geared up in their isolation suits as quickly as possible. You're like the only kids in the whole universe that are going to know how to do this. <laughs> During the pandemic, there's not going to be any room for error. How are we doing? Terrible. Oh, keep going, Dad. You could do it. Dave, you are not taking this seriously. Okay, guys, we're going to go out to the front lawn, okay? Let's go. Come on. Go fast, 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 fast. Go, In a go, real go, pandemic, go, go, go. Donna's family would have to wear these suits every time they went outside <laughs> so they could protect their clothing from germs. Go, go, go. This is, they're just replicating contagion. This is nuts. <laughs> Let's go, everybody, go. When is the, what channel is this on? What channel? i got to watch this. Oh, yeah, I was going to make another list for you. What channel do you think it's on? I think this is on the History Channel. Yeah, that's what you'd think. But History Channel, if you really look at it, it does nothing like this or anything even close to it. This is on National Geographic. Oh, of course. National Geographic. This is, this is phenomenal. What a great show. Well, <laughs> you know, that, that brings me, and I'll let you get back to your, because um, it's, just, it's just a nice little segue into. Um, it's the no agenda swine flu so we have this drivel on television setting you up for believing that the pandemic is coming because look mommy people are preparing here's what's going on you know now it's finally hitting the news about the uh the uh we talked about this on the last show about the swine flu mutating and being passed on uh, it, this has been tested in the erasmus university in rotterdam from ferret to ferret without the ferrets being in the same cage and of course we're all going to die and they're actually having serious conversations about this which are being televised on the news researchers around the globe are working on a vaccine against the most deadly type of bird flu the h5n1 strain but this collective effort is facing a new challenge the u.s government halted the publication of some of the latest research saying the information could be used by terrorists yeah and hk world's alex kirst has the story Earlier this month, some of the world's leading virologists attended a symposium on the H5N1 bird flu strain in New York. The debate on this issue was heated. So you could have benefits 10 years down the line, and that's, that's why it's important to share the information with everyone. You never know who's going to do the right experiment. And if we are wrong, the consequences will be so catastrophic <laughs> that we will all go back and ask ourselves, why did we let it happen? <laughs> We're all going to die. <laughs> Get your shot now. The clip goes on forever. I'm not going to bore you. Uh, <laughs> uh, I will say um, you do have a slight problem there in your household. What? The windows are open? No. Dogs? Buzz, Buzzkill Jr. just posted like a whole paragraph of analysis of Smash in the, in the back channel. 
You you gotta you gotta get that boy like a baseball bat or something. <laughs> Nelson, tell him to stop watching that. He was watching it with me. So we're the, all complaining about it. So these preppers, let me tell yeah, you something. We, we, we were betting on whether we could get past ten minutes. Let me tell you something. I am a prepper. And the only thing you need is a shotgun, a couple of handguns. If you can't get to your shotgun, well, you're not, you won't get on the show. No, I'm, I don't want to be on the show. But if I get bird flu, then the the handguns will be handy to shoot myself. So I'm not going to walk around with silly looking shoes and get some storable foods and bunny, some gold. Uh, bunny costume they wear the bunny called bunny suit they yeah, wear in the yeah, uh, yeah. when you go into a clean data, room. Yeah, data centers or clean rooms. Yeah. Well, yeah. data centers not so much as a as a manufacturing facility where they make semiconductors and one small speck of <laughs> of of one just minuscule dust particle will ruin, you know, a chip worth hundreds of dollars. So they make you wear these outfits. And, uh, you, you know, the, what, you just don't want to go in there and sneeze. Let's put it that way. Let's throw you out fast. Do you have more of this or can I move on to a nah, <coughs> so I just actual, want to say this is a show people news. should be on the lookout for. It was kind of funny because this woman took it so seriously that her neighbor was coming over for dinner. And she came over after they started their process. And so she quarantined her. <laughs> they, put a, they put her in the other room with her baby. I'm going to do this too. put a big sheet of plastic up and they ate in one room and she ate in the other. Did you have to take her clothes off? Because that's what I'd do. I'd be like, hey, Maggie. Yeah, that's what our, you'd our, do. You'd our, be the, the... Our milfy the, neighbor. Hey, Maggie. pervert. Come yeah. Oh, yes, there's a new show. New this... Here we go. New this week on Discovery. <laughs> Prepper perverts. It could work. I'd watch it. So um, I've been paying a lot of attention to Syria because, you know, I'm, you know, obviously you actually threw down the gauntlet at me. I didn't have to do any work. There's so much pipeline news. I I don't want to I want to get into it easily because uh, the techno experts are out in full force. And um, this was very interesting what I came across with some help from the No Agenda News Network people, noagendanewsnetwork.com. So first of all, let me just say that... um, I'm I'm pretty sure I know what's going on in Syria right now, um, and what you're not seeing on the news is the the multitude of reports about French uh, paratroopers and military um, who are being found there. Essentially, have you seen any of this? Have you have you caught any? Not of this? a thing. No, no, I didn't. It's think being so. repressed. <laughs> yeah, eighteen French officers, one hundred paratroopers captured in homes. Um, and so I'm like, wow, why are the French in there? And it wasn't that hard to figure out once I discovered that, um, Total, Total, um, one of the big sisters, one of the seven sisters, this is, it's not the big sisters, it's the seven sisters, the big sisters, Yeah, you can call whatever you want advertising. Uh, they are in bed with Gazprom (laughs) in Syria. And they own a very sufficient stake in Despec or Despec, D-E-Z-P-C, actually 50%. And uh, they own all these pipelines that are getting blowed up. So the thinking here, knowing that also um, Gazprom visited Israel this past week, which I found to be very interesting, um, that... Uh, Gazprom and, uh, and Total want to exploit the Leviathan fields from the coast of Syria, which would make a lot of sense. 
What we can't have is we just can't have that because that totally flies in the face of uh, Hillary Clinton and her uh, and her big sisters. And these are the these are the real the real power behind everything that's going on. So what we need to do is obviously uh, we need to destroy everything, blow up all the pipelines. And uh, if you're interested and you want to follow along, 388pipes.curry.com. That's actually where you can see the, uh, the project, uh, which we'll talk about in a minute, the Stockman Project, which is a new one, uh, another total gas problem. So the French and the Russians are in bed together. And we need to stop everything from going on in Syria because we have our friend uh, Israel uh, who claim all rights to the Leviathan gas field. So I see this thing on the news, and I see the same guy over and over again, this Paul Conroy. Did you see any of this? Yeah, I saw some of it. So Paul Conroy is a uh, freelance photojournalist. <laughs> I haven't really seen much of his work anywhere, actually. I mean, if you do a Google search on him, uh, there's lots of news stories about him being a freelance photojournalist, and he's been everywhere. But I don't actually see any of his work or, or him claiming to work anywhere, except uh, I think the Sunday Times may have published one or two of his pictures. So this guy is interesting to me. And he's on with Pooper on CNN. And whenever you're on with Pooper, you're propagating a message. And the words that he uses are very explicit and very specific. And I have another interview with Sky where he's doing the same thing, and he's in his hospital bed, and he's, and he's got a, an you know, oxygen tube in his nose. He doesn't seem to be that bad, though. It doesn't, you know, he's not, there's no physical wounds. He says he's got a hole in his leg, which, you know, he doesn't, we don't see any of that, but he seems to be quite okay, and he's doing interviews left and right with everybody, saying the same thing over and over again with the same words. Long time. In terms of what you saw happening in Baba Amr in Homs. And- uh, Baba Amr, by the way, uh, uh, is where um, a huge pipeline uh, was blown up. So it's not just homes; it's Baba Amr. So they're blowing up pipelines everywhere in these well, specific it's the same places. Pipeline. It's not like there's tons of you know. It's just one. There's a big pipeline. It's not going to have just one spot to blow up. Right. But I'm just saying. It just so happens to be where you know we have this slaughterhouse and massacre taking place. But it's really about blowing up the pipelines. Syria. How does it compare? I, I would say uh, quite categorically that's the most ferocious and uh, the most ferocious, vicious and, and unnecessary that I've seen. Um, that, that, that there are actually no military targets within Baba Am. That's a lie. Of course there's a military target. There's a pipeline there, so that's not true. Uh, all of the, the, the intense shelling is in fact directed at the civilian population. So it's, a, it's, it's quite a unique situation in Baba Amra. Is it is it even a war? I mean, is it accurate to call it that? No, I th- I think I think it would be wrong to call it a war. This is this is um, I think the overuse of medieval siege and, and medieval siege, uh huh, slaughter, uh, slaughter. I would hesitate to use the word war. Slaughter in, in Baba Amra. You say it's a slaughter. Did you hear Pooper prompting him? Yeah, slaughter. Slaughter. So slaughter, slaughter, slaughter. Say it again. Say slaughter. slaughter again. Say slaughtered. Make it better. Absolutely, it's a very small neighborhood. I but he's going to compare it to some things which really started to tip me off. Within Misrata, um, for the, at the peak of the shelling there, at least people had space to disappear and run and change neighborhoods. In Baba Amra, there is nowhere to run. The, the area is ringed by snipers. 
So any attempt at leaving the neighbourhood uh, is met by accurate sniper fire. Um, the buildings are low, single-storey buildings generally. They, they can't withstand the, um, the heavy artillery that's being fired into them. So Now, let's go over to the uh, Sky interview, where he starts to tell us a bit more about himself, about who he really is. Um, arriving in Homs, we arrived in the evening. It's this is him actually in his bed. Generally quiet in the evenings. Um, that's the only time any movement can be achieved. Come 6.30 every morning, religiously. It's, a, it's almost a psychological attack. Mm-hmm. So already he's preparing you to be indoctrinated, psychological attack. At six o'clock the shelling starts, and I mean, I've worked in in many war zones. I've never seen or been in shelling like this. It is a systematic... um, I'm an ex-artillery gunner, so I can... Oh, he's an ex-artillery gunner. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that, so he... uh, Kind of follow the patterns. Ah. They're systematically moving through neighborhoods Uh with... Munitions that are used for battlefields. This is used in a, a couple of square kilometers. So he knows all about the munitions. I mean, he quite, seems quite schooled in this. It's, uh, it's unfathomable how they can... that the, the sustained barrage, and I mean, we understand it. We're journalists. We've seen it all before. Them men, women, and children cowering in houses are just beyond shell shock. I mean, this is... And completely indiscriminate. Absolutely. And prompting, compl- prompting completely indiscriminate, right? Yes, yeah, leading the witness. Yes. Indiscriminate. There, is no, there are no targets in Baba Amra. Except for the uh, pipeline. The Free Syrian Army are there purely to bring in bread and to stop the ground assault, which... They're just bringing in bread, John. <laughs> it's just, I'm, hey, I got some... Bro, you shot me, man. I'm doing this bringing in bread. Over the last week, the intensity of the bombardment has increased. So he's now he's saying bombardments, which I, to me means that something's coming from the sky, but that could just be, I might be reading too much into it. Daily, daily, daily. The troops are trying to push in. Um, it's, a, it's an attempt at massacre, and I mean, it's, it's horrifying. Massacre! I think that that's the part we're seeing. You know, once the cameras are gone... Ah, now, he, he is very important. He does this in both interviews. As they are now. Um... God knows what's happening. It's any talking now is too late. We don't know. So now we don't know. It's once the cameras the cameras are all gone, so now we don't know. The time for talking is actually over. Now ah. the massacre and the, the killing massacre is, is at full tilt. Yes, and massacre. Unfortunately, they're coming up to me saying, Where is the hell? People brought me, you know, half a baby in and if someone brought him half a baby. Uh-huh. And saying, Save my baby. Where's the help? And I, I have no answer. I don't know how we can stand by and watch this. Compare it's not it. A war. Compare it's it. A massacre. It's a massacre. A um, massacre. It's a complete failure. In, in, in years to come, we're going to sit and we're going to go, how did we let this happen under our nose? And the big problem now is Homs was well organized as regards media. We could get the YouTube clips out. We, man- we got the YouTube clips out. Interesting. We got the YouTube clips out. So he was in there already getting the YouTube clips out? It's to get in. It sounds like... Once yeah. Homs has gone, I could not communicate with the town of Hammer. So um, <clears throat> at the end, uh, I get a little bored myself, but at the end, he starts comparing it to Srebrenica and to all, you know, all these other pipeline wars. <clears throat> so, and there's pictures of him, which you can find in the show notes, 388.nashownotes.com. Hanging out with the uh, the Libyan rebels, smoking cigarettes, laughing, having a good time. So this guy was, uh, quote, smuggled out. 
And of course, he was smuggled out because he has now become the spokesperson for saying, look, it's over. It's a massacre. It's a slaughterhouse. He's on every single news station everywhere. He's like, we, you know, we've got to go in. This is it. You know, it's, I have experience. I know what I'm talking about. So who got him out? This was what was very interesting on the BBC <clears throat> on the uh, PM show. They had this guy named Rickon Patel, and he is the CEO of Avaz. Have you ever heard of Avaz? A-V-A-A-Z? I don't think so. So Avaz is a very interesting group. In fact, let him explain what Avaz is. So Avaz is a new global web movement just launched a few years ago that's rapidly grown to 13 million members all across the world. had not heard about this. We fight for uh, to close the gap between the world we have and the world most people ever want on poverty, human rights, and climate change. In response to the Arab Spring protests, uh, our members donated millions of dollars that were used to purchase satellite modems and telecommunications equipment. Ooh! Sounds like techno expert to me. Let's continue to listen. That were smuggled into a number of countries, including Syria, and established citizen journalist networks that were able to break the blackout that regimes were trying to place on these protests. Okay, so this is the the satellite modems equipment and everything was brought in. This is one of the organizations that does that. So let's listen before we analyze this company. What role did you have? What can you tell us about Paul Conroy's move from Homs to Lebanon? Paul was part of an evacuation attempt of, of four journalists from Baba Amr. And in the midst of the attempt, uh, the column was cut in half by shelling and by sniper fire. And the three journalists were forced to turn back. Paul was able to go ahead. In the course of doing that, three of our activists were killed w- with Paul and six activists were killed. So wait a minute. For, uh, first they were smuggling in satellites and modems. Now they're like on the ground, boots on the ground, and their guys are getting killed? What kind of mercenary outfit is this? In the, in the group returning to Baba Amr, our group in particular played a uh, communication support role, providing a hub by which activists mm. inside Baba Amr could coordinate with those outside. Cause it's quite a- you don't think that by any chance he's like coordinating with the U.S. strike forces and, uh, and drone shellings, do you? I mean, that's not possible, is it? Complex operation with many stages uh, to coordinate. That's a significant uh, loss of life on the part of, of your activists. They obviously saw is important to try to get these journalists out. Absolutely. We've had over 50 activists volunteer to participate in this, and 23 of them have been killed. There's a cordon, a noose around Baba Amr right now, uh, consisting of snipers and a, literally a trench that the Syrians have dug, and, and shelling. They're shelling in a horseshoe formation. Horseshoe formation? This guy knows a lot of military... T- Jargon I have no idea tactic. what that even refers to. The horseshoe formation is when you want to drive someone out, you shell in a horseshoe, and basically you're leaving a uh, a hole for people to retreat. That's what a horseshoe formation is. And they braved all of this, despite seeing initial activists killed. And they did so because these journalists, in addition to being wonderfully brave people, are witnesses to a crime. They're witnesses to a gigantic crime of the mm. shelling of Baba Amr and a series of clear violations of humanitarian law. And, and I see he's just saying stuff now, right? We have no proof. Uh, these journalists were witnessed giving credibility to Paul Conroy. That's why, in part, why the Syrian activists are, are so keen to have them tell their story to the world. I'm interested in... You mean the journalists to tell their story? The, the column you talk about. What information can you give us about what that column involved and, and how it moved? 
I have to be very careful about that information uh -huh. uh, because the, we're hoping that the routes that we're taking will still be serviceable. Uh, we're still trying to get medical supplies into Baba Amr. We're still trying to smuggle wounded out, and we've gotten over 40 wounded Syrians out uh, in addition to these journalists. There must be increased danger now for the three journalists who remain behind, knowing that um, Paul Conroy is out and safe. The initial attack on the media center was a targeted ah. assassination. It the media center, targeted assassination. It was hit not just once. It was no random shelling. It was hit multiple times. And then the locations that the journalists were moved to were repeatedly and steadily shelled hour on hour for days. That is clear evidence that the Syrian regime was tracking movements and targeting these journalists. And, and that is a crime in itself. In itself, tracking journalists. And these are all activists. You know, We're not armed gunmen or anything. We're just activists. And there is evidence that crime may have had international complicity because a lot of the surveillance over Wait Baba Amr right now is being done by a drone. Oh, okay. And to our knowledge, the Syrians certainly have not been able to build a drone themselves. Uh, <laughs> really? Uh, or own one, and so... We, I can have a drone for 400 bucks. It's got to be coming from Russia or from Iran actually coordinating oh, these atrocities. Do you have any evidence for that? We don't have any evidence for the coordination, but the drone is there. It's constantly there. It appears to be targeting the areas that are being shelled. I think common sense would suggest that there's some kind of cooperation going on. Okay. So um, I'm, as now I'm like, now I'm interested. This guy sounds to me like he's well-funded and, uh, and he's doing things there and he's lying about what his real role is. So I well, go he's, well, let me interrupt you. So this guy is with the Sunday Times of London. Oh, you mean Paul Conroy? Conroy. Yeah. And you should probably o open up the Sunday Times front page right now. Okay. What is that? Times.co.uk? The Sunday Times.co.uk. It's different. Okay. This, oh, the Sunday Times.co.uk. Okay. And just take a look at his picture there. Oh, uh, oh he's with some hot babe. <laughs> He's getting laid too. What do they promise him? Ninety nine virgins? I have no idea. But <clears> she he... is a very famous uh, country. Or she's oh, she's Joss Stone. A, oh, she's got. She's a oh. blues singer. She's oh, a she, famous singer. She's there with the she's, yeah, Joss Stone. Sure. So now they're pulling in the celebrities. Makes... So they got that. Okay. Because I saw a picture of him here with his wife, who looks kind of Russian, if you ask me. Right. So I did. I looked at all his uh, all the stuff that he's done for this. He's only really been there for the last couple of years, and it's all been in these horrible yes. situations. He's Hello. covering. He covered Miss Rada. He covered the Libyan thing. It's mm -hmm. all. And if you look at his headlines, it's always Massacre. You know, somebody said kidnapped, wounded photographer escapes. Uh, yeah, he's a hero. Escort to rescue, rescue for <clears throat> photographer. He's almost like a trapped journalist. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, a bodies. hero. He's awesome. Mission Impossible in Misrata. <laughs> this is from uh, May of 2011. Good one. Good one. The fight for Misrata. Human shields thwart rebels' cause. Uh, now, awesome. The thing, that, the thing that's kind of interesting is I'm going to look up this other person because well, he seemed to have had a handler at first. Well, I'd, 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 wait, well, why don't you look at that and let me tell you about this Avaz company. Because this is where, this is, you know, so you're doing exactly what you do in our analysis. You go in and look at the journalists and I go in and I read the tax forms. So they are a 501C. Oh, hold on a second before you go there. The, his handler was the one-eyed woman who got killed. Of course. co-authoring all his pieces. Exactly. All Makes right. a lot of sense, doesn't it? So I go in, and they're a 501c4 company, 
which is very specific, <clears throat> which means uh, they're a nonprofit, but they don't have to uh, list their donors. They don't have to say who gives them the money. But this company, uh, this uh, organization, uh, looking at their 990, the Form 990, which they have to file uh, for 2010, um, they brought in $7 million. I'm like, wow, $7 million from just people clicking a donate button. That's pretty darn good. And we should know. Yeah, because we're not getting it. We're not getting that. <laughs> and then I'm looking at their outflows. And by the way, there's only uh, two people uh, on the payroll. One is this uh, Rick and Patel. And I'm looking at their outflows, and they're giving money. Uh, let's see, $795,000 European grants program. The, uh, it is for advertising and consulting. Everything is advertising and consulting. I'm like, wait a minute. What are they doing? And then I look at their actual uh, fees transferred, and I see their, uh, they sent a lot of money to Haiti for the earthquake, Pakistan flood, Tibet blackout, South American earthquake. Okay, let me continue down on this Form 990. Oh, here I see they have actually given four, uh, here, grants and others, uh, $400,000 to Partners in Health in Boston and $100,000 to RES Publica. So I go and check out RES Publica. And, uh, gee, <coughs> guess who's uh, the boss of RES Publica? Rick and Patel. I'm find out in a second. Rick and Patel. Let me tell you about this guy, because uh, there's no bio on this. So, so this is how it works. There's a company called RES Publica, and they are funded by uh, the uh, uh, Clinton Foundation, MoveOn.org, all, all of the, the usual suspects. Rick and Patel himself is interesting, Canadian, and has consulted for the International Crisis Group, the United Nations, the Rockefeller Foundation... The Gates Foundation, <laughs> Harvard University, Care International, and the International Center for Transnational or Transitional Justice in Sierra Leone, Liberia, Afghanistan, Sudan, and New York. So this guy is a New York. Yes, hmm. this guy is a total shill. This is exactly how it works. Partners in Health, who they sent $400,000 to, is funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So the techno experts have set up this front called Avaz, and it looks really legit. You know, it's like, you know, we're nonprofit and we're, we're saving the world. We're getting the word out. We're helping people. But meanwhile, it's really a front for Res Publica, which is funded by MoveOn.org, the Clinton Foundation, this is exactly what techno experts really are. And, and then as their guy, as their, their front puppet, they've got uh, this Paul Conroy, who now, because I guess he's not interesting enough, they bring in uh, some MK Ultra star like Joss Stone uh, to get the front page of the Sunday Times. And this is all to condition us that we need to go and fly the drones, and I'm sure that drone is not Russian, I'm sure that drone is an American drone, a CIA drone, and to go and bomb the crap out of everything in Syria to stop the Gazprom total cabal from getting anywhere near the Leviathan field. 
And that's what this is all about. Well, I'm not sure that's what it's all about. I think there's another level here because I'm not buying the fact that these guys aren't all in bed together, all these oil companies. And there's some other, there's a beef that there, well, I, don't th- I don't think we're picking up on the real beef. The beef is the French. You've got to watch the French because the, now, now you have to go to the Stockman project. I think what's happening, John, is we just want to make a complete chaos. Everybody does at this point, but particularly the Russians, they love the chaos because of the Stockman project. This is the one we missed. And the Stockman project, uh, please go to 388pipes.curry.com just so I can show it to you. Because I think this is, this is where we, we missed it. So knowing that the whole idea is to bring all this gas into Europe from, from the south, right? You with me? Yeah. Are you at the page? No, I was looking at some something else. Go to the I page. I thought you were just telling this to the listeners. No, go to the page. Give me the page name again. 388pipes.curry.com. You got it? Uh, 388pipe I got. No, oh, 388pipes.curry.com. Because this is, this is what we've missed. Okay, project history? No, uh, Stockman Project Mapped. Open that one up. Does it open up the map? Yeah. Yeah, you see the map? Yeah. Okay. Now, this is a very... Could have made the map smaller, by the way. It's, I didn't, you know, it's pointing to the actual map. What can I tell you? Yeah. Now, do you see how this, this is uh, the mother load, and, and this is where you could see in the project history, this is the mother load for Gazprom. This is the real pipeline. While everyone else is focused on what's going on down south, Gazprom and Total, these are the two companies working together, so they're, they're blowing everything up in Syria. This goes from way up there in the, uh, you know, the, the cold Russian north, and it goes down, and you see that it passes, after it goes through St. Petersburg, it passes right past Poland. This is why they had to kill the Polish government for this pipeline. So this is the real pipeline. This is a huge mother load that started in 2008. And it's those two same companies, that are, that's where the real gas is going to come from. And everything else is just to make sure no one does anything down in the Mediterranean. That's what I think is going on. I think that's what we've been missing. And no it's, one's talking about this. Well, it's because it's not nothing you can prove, but that's why no one's talking about it. Mm-hmm. And no one's, uh, it's a possibility. I, but I, I get the sense that there's some missing piece of this puzzle because they're just throwing money away with all this uh, and it doesn't do us any good. I mean, we're the ones getting suckered into spending a lot of dough, and we're uh, with these gasoline prices and everything the way they are. We're not benefiting as a country. I mean, a few, yeah, a few elites are, and you what do you mean? always well, like no, no. to think that we, the public always gets screwed, and it, it just shouldn't even be taken into account. But I've never believed that. I disagree with you. I don't think we're supposed to benefit as a country at all. This is only about banks benefiting. It's not about the country benefiting. That's yeah, fine, but th- at some point, the public has a stake and would like to get some benefits. And if the banks are even going to give us loans, why are we supporting their efforts to make an extra few bucks, which is ludicrous? Well, I'm, got- I'm sorry. I think you're, you're, you think you have any influence or anyone cares about what the public thinks. That's my point. Yeah, I know that is your point, and I think you're wrong. Really? Yeah, you can't keep doing this crap and get away with it. It's been going on for, uh, for centuries. Well, the way, well, I think well, two for, centuries for, ago, there wasn't really a lot of oil action. But this but. has been going on for 100 years ever since the Berlin-Baghdad trail line, uh, uh, railway. 
This has been going on forever, John. It's always been about this. They don't give a crap about people. And it's not forever. A hundred years is not forever. <sighs> okay. You wanted to, you, you, this is how you're going to argue with me is by saying, is by technicalities no, of what's forever. You're, you're just, you're making, you have one, 100, one basic 100 thesis years. and you're just, you're, you're, you're shoehorning everything into it. And if it doesn't fit, you make it fit. I mean, you've been talking about pipelines now since show 381, every single show, pipelines, pipelines, pipelines. And now you're so focused on it that it, apparently everything in the world is about the pipelines and no, I'm not buying it. Not everything in the world is about the pipelines. Everything in the world is about who controls the hydrocarbons, uh, hydrocarbons. That is absolutely what I believe in. Yes, that's what you believe in. That's what I said. I didn't, there's nothing that I didn't and it's say. Not, and it's not just about pipelines. No, but it's okay. Well, let's say hydrocarbons and going through pipelines or in the most recent examples. And I'm in agreement with about all the oil theories and the fact that these guys are, you know, dominating world affairs. But I don't think every single thing that's going on is only about these pipelines and, and about hydrocarbons. Uh, okay, so this is a religious war in Syria? This is, what, are you, what, are you, what is your theory then? I told you what I thought. I'll say it again. I think we're missing something in this analysis. I don't have a theory. I just said we're missing something, and you claim that we're not missing anything because you've got it nailed. It's possible, but it sounds to me like something's missing. A piece of the puzzle's missing because these oil companies, known as the Seven Sisters, were always in cahoots with each other. Why aren't they now? And then you blame the French. They're part of the scam. I don't see how, how this all of a sudden appeared. Now the French and the Russians are working together. Yeah. They've always hated each other. They're working that's together something. on every single project. What do you, I, I can't help that. They're working together on every single project. That's what I say. There's something missing from the, this. doesn't make any sense, any what logical you, sense in the scheme of things. What, it doesn't make sense. That's provable. They're working together. Why does it have to make any well, sense? Well, you're saying they're working together, blowing out. Okay, you got some... some no, terror. no, no, no. I didn't say that. I said the, uh, the other... The American-based oil companies and gas companies are blowing up Syria, and what the Russians have now done is they've said, you know what, different strategy, we're not, screw it, blow Syria up, blow everything up, make that a big mess, good for gas prices, we're now focusing on way up north, and that's where it's all going to come from. That's what so I'm you're, saying. Okay, here's, what you're, here's where your logic breaks down, it seems to me. Are you telling me they dropped the French paratroopers into the Homs area to blow up the pipeline? No. They can't. They went down there to protect it. Yes. Protect it from who? From the uh, uh, CIA Al Qaeda guys who were in there trying to blow it up, which which the CIA sent in. So first they tried and, and to protect this, it. Now, why would they do that? Why would they just let the thing blow up if they want to push their oil from shock? They didn't shock. want to. I'm telling you, this is a recent development. This is what has changed. Well, it's okay, changed. Then that's oh. the missing piece I'm looking for. Why? Okay. Okay. Let me. Okay, Russia just said in the United Nations, we're backing off, go ahead, send in help. Did you read about this anywhere? Yes, why? Because now they don't care anymore. They just want it all to explode and make the whole region a mess. If they don't care, why do they even get involved? Or why are the French they cared initially? Why do they just bail? It's called, it's called changing your strategy. It's you, called, it, this makes you're giving me logic, logical nonsense. You say they want the place to blow up, yet they're trying to keep it from blowing no, up. No, they tried this. to keep it from blowing up. They and were like losing you say it's this it. Change in strategy. Then what's the strategy? This makes no sense at all to me. You're not giving me anything that makes sense. Let me try it again. The Russians, they have 
they had like an octopus coming towards the west. They've got the, the North Stream, the South Stream. They've got the Stockman. They've got all these different routes, all of them. Then all of a sudden, Israel becomes big competition. They're very close. So the, and, and, they're, and they're being muscled out by the, by the Americans, the French and the Russians being muscled out of Syria. They fight that. They see they're not going to win. That's when they say, screw it. Let's make the whole region, everything, let's make it all a mess. That's what I'm saying. So they're making it a mess by dropping in paratroopers to stop no, no, people no. from the blowing par- up the pipeline. No, the paratroopers were part of the try and stopping it. This is before. Oh, they've pulled the paratroopers. Now there's nobody's trying to stop they're it. They're pulling everybody out. That's why everyone's coming out. It's just going to be one big mess. And now they're saying, and, the, and now the Russians say, go ahead, send in NATO. That's that's what I'm talking about. The difference. The paratroopers is not. That was part of fighting to save the pipelines. They're losing. Everything's blowing up. So now they just say. Then now they went into Israel. They're, you know, now they're so making the, noise the, the, down there. Back up again. I have another problem. Why were they trying to save the pipeline in the first place? It's none of their business. It has nothing to do with the Stockman field. It's not going to help no, them. They, no, they. What do you mean? No, Gazprom. Ha- I'm sorry. Gazprom with Total owns all of these pipelines in Syria. They already have that. I just don't see why they wouldn't try to keep the pipelines going. I don't, I'm not, I'm, let's just put it this way. I'm in disagreement with your basic thesis that the Russians want the Middle East to blow up. It's good for gas. It's good for gas prices. Well, it's good for, well, yeah, the prices are going up. That's true. But it's not good for the world economy. It's not necessarily good for Russia. Since when have they cared about the economy? They don't yeah, care you know, you about that. Yeah, you keep saying that. Everybody just does everything. They don't give a shit. That's your basic thesis with everybody that does anything. Uh, yeah. I'm not buying that because they're part of this cabal. They do give a shit. They don't want the whole thing to dry up. They can't stop pumping. So if they can't sell anything, then they're really screwed because you can't stop this okay. production. So uh, we can disagree. That's fine. Uh, I'm just saying they have an, they have too many pipelines, if anything. Gazprom has too many projects. Too many. So it's okay if one loses, but then they have to make sure it does that area doesn't work for anybody. So there will never I think you can put this in the red book. I don't think we'll ever see any gas coming out of the Leviathan fields. It's not we're not gonna see it for a long time. Because the Middle East is just going into complete disarray, particularly in that area. And they'll try and stop it however they do. And it's not necessarily countries, John. It's companies. So, yeah. And, and, and the Seven Sisters, they're not always, always together. They always, even, everybody has their own agenda. It's all right. We can disagree. But I will tell you about North Korea. We already talked about North Korea. Yeah, but there's a new piece of information. Guess where, right. guess where they're getting the gas from? The Russians. The no- Gazprom. Uh-uh. United okay. States of America. How are we getting it to them? We are getting it. We have now become the largest shippers of liquid natural gas to Japan. Sempra, uh, Sempra Energy is, uh, let's see, the LNG export in Louisiana, Freeport's uh, export, all planning now to go on ships. Yeah, well, that would make sense. Yeah, well, the, the, if you notice, there's now uh, there was some regulatory issues with exporting natural liquid natural gas from the Gulf Coast. Those are all of a sudden being cleared up. How convenient is that? Yeah, well, that would make sense. 
Yeah. Yeah, but it's not a conspiracy. What, to stop the Russians coming in through North Korea with their gas so that well, we can ship it from the south? I don't think going to stop anything. When they, when these Japanese are going to have an insatiable need for natural gas, and, the, and just running tankers over there is not going to do the trick. And that's why we have uh, the Australian line. Well, uh, yeah, everyone wants to feed them. Whoever gets in first, you know, they gets the bulk of the business. Then it gets too much of it from everywhere, and then the price goes down and falls through the floor, which is what's going to happen with crude oil, by the way. You think it's going to fall? Crude oil? Yeah. Yeah. No. Put, it, put, put a date on it. No way. This thing is going to go and go and go, and this is going to stay there for easily two years. What? Uh, give me a floor. I, let's just take the hundred dollars. You think it's going to stay above a hundred dollars for the next two years? Yeah. You do? Yeah. It won't last. It won't last nine months. Nine months. What is that? Okay. Well, that's fine. Two years versus nine months. Write it down. Well, you can say it's good. You're saying it's going to stay up for two years. I'm saying it's not going to make nine months. Good. Then write that down. We'll see if we're still alive. <laughs> oh man. <sighs> Okay, you're on the up plus 100, I'm under 100. Yep. Okay, it's in the book. And this is, and, and, and actually, it is actually good because this will eventually restore the U.S. economy. It will make our dollar stronger. That's why this is being done, but it's going to take a long time. Why would we want that? Well, it's not about what you and I want. No, but why would anybody want the dollar stronger? It just kills our imports, which does not does nothing to re- restore the U.S. economy. Yeah, but who needs a, who needs a lot of strong dollars? Is the banks who lent all this money out? They need them. They need a good dollar coming back. I, that that I, I'm on board with that idea. And this is yeah, they would love that. And this is exactly what happened in '72 to '79. Exactly the same playbook. And it's not it's not about us. It's about what the banks get. That, so that's why I'm, I'm, I'm so convic- convinced of this. And my conviction, as you can tell, is very deep. But I don't think I'm totally full of shit like you try to portray. I didn't say you were totally full of shit. I say there's missing pieces of this puzzle. I'm totally I'm on board with the bank. And, yeah, I agree that probably the, uh, they would love to have a stronger duck. They don't want to get paid back in uh Cheap dollars. That's why we, you know, increasing the printing presses and cranking out the dollar, hopefully to get some inflation action happening, makes the dollar cheaper. And then when you can pay off our loans, it's a very old trick. Yeah. You borrow money and pay (laughs) it back for cheaper money. Henry Kissinger uh, was the architect of the first time it was pulled off big time. Well, actually, it was done in the 20s and 30s a lot. Yeah. And, um, so it's nothing new, and the banks don't like the idea, but it happens every so often. The banks can't do anything about it. This, they're not going to help anybody by jacking up the price of oil to what it is. It's ridiculous. It's overpriced. It's a, it's a ripoff. And this idiot Chew is part of the scam uh-huh. by wanting us to pay $9 a gallon of gas, which I don't know who he thinks that's benefiting. And I guess the environmentalist keeps them quiet. I don't know. So what I'm just I- thinking there's something more to this. So what I was thinking is the only thing we need to focus on is how can you and I benefit from all this? Well, that would be nice. So I'm thinking there's a couple of ways to go. Uh, I think without a doubt, we have uh, a wide uh, network of people who can really help us 
understand the plays that are taking place. And we can probably identify things quicker than investment houses. So one thing we could do is we could draft uh, Horowitz into our scheme and we could set up maybe it's a fund or, you know, like a hedge fund or something that uh, that, you know, that basically bets against all of this based upon our observations and knowing the geopolitical strategies with all of our 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 soldiers on the ground and everyone can buy into the fund. That's one idea. Yeah. That would be actually kind of funny. <laughs> right? Yeah. So we could beat them at their own game. I think that we could actually do. And you know, and and it would you could you can buy in for 5 bucks, you know, it doesn't matter. Everyone can I'd rather be beat I'd rather not be, you know, I don't think beating somebody this group at their own game because they just essentially that's all they do is do this scheme. I think we should find get access to the game. Here's right. where the money is. Right. Well, the only way we can get in the game is by betting on the game with insider knowledge. Well, you can you can you don't have to have quote unquote insider knowledge. You can bet you can what as you've been doing. You can kind of see what what's unfolding and wh- who the players are. Uh, you know, we just need a big war room and a map. We move yes, little yes, figures yes. around. Yeah, it, with, with sticks, we move stuff. We, we move. A long stick with a poker on the end, you push. <laughs> so we can push, like, pipelines and ships and stuff so we can have a good overview. Yeah, yeah, a war room. That's it. We'll make a virtual room. Well, why don't we, that's an app, a virtual war room. Like the, well, it'd have to be a virtual since we're not, neither one of us is going to go meet anywhere. We need the, the um, but it has to have a cool name, the fund. And Horowitz can put that together, right? He knows how to do a fund, doesn't he? I'll ask him. And let me tell you, there's got to be... ask him on the Tuesday show. There's got to be people with tons of money who are like, yeah, I'll go in on this. Who knows? You know, It's a hedge, right? These yeah. guys might be onto something. Yeah, then we have to manage a fund. No, no, that's what Horowitz does. But what oh. do we get? We get fees for managing the fund. <laughs> that's the way it works. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying. Well... Well, I'm sure we'll be covering this more and more since the Syria thing is now in the front page with propaganda and the today's New York Times. Let me just read you. The, there's a guy. This is a ridiculous photo of a guy. Uh, this photo is so bad. And it says the armed opposition in Syria is led by under equipped free Syrian by the under equipped free Syrian army. They really have to have that adjective in there. Under equipped. Yeah. Does that need to be there? Really? What does it mean? It's like massacre. Maybe they all sm- they got small peckers. I mean, what is the point? What are they talking about? <laughs> what, what's the na- what's the name of the uh, what's the name of the fund? You got to look at. I mean, what's the fund? What's the name of the story? Bearing witness in Syria: a war reporter's last days. Hold on, bearing witness. I'm and then you got to look at this photo. It's framed. I'm looking. The for... guy's posing. How come I can't find it? And it's like an art photo. <laughs> Hold on, let me see if I can find it. I don't see it. Oh, bearing witness. Under, yeah, under, I got uh, it. I got under it. I got the writer, it. Tyler I got Hicks. I got it. Oh, please log in. <sighs> you shouldn't have to log in for one view. Yeah, I guess I've. Uh, You've overstayed your welcome. I guess so. Uh, that sucks. No, oh, well, anyway, it's uh, it, this photo is just like, what? Are you kidding me? And there's another photo at the top of the page. Rising from the debris, which is another art shot of some poor bastard with his house decimated, trying to prop up an American flag that is torn to shreds. It is just a fake photo. Anyway, it's New York Times. Well, maybe if I turn on my cookies. No. 
Damn. I wish I could see it. Oh, well. Yeah, you would you would crack up. Yeah, but the propaganda is everywhere. And the New York Times has been used quite a bit in the past, by the way, for this type of propagandistic work. So let's, uh, I think we have a, we have a, take a break here and thank our real uh, contributors uh, besides the executive producers. Well, before but we go into it, you wanted to talk about yeah, something, Yeah, there's a couple right? of things that are kind of interesting that sh- cropped up. This is like a, dist- it's kind of a distraction of the week amongst some people. You might want to play that clip, which was the uh, Rush Limbaugh calling uh, somebody. Is, is that clip one? Well, here, I got the, let me take a look. Yeah, entertainment well, tonight. There. I got two clips that should be played. Play pre-donation clip one. Yeah. Yeah, that was now, it. Now, celebrity dermatologist Dr. Marnie Musbaum shares her tips to make. Oh, wait, stop, 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 stop. Okay, I have to set this one up. This yeah. is the kind of thing people would have to deal with if we did the advertising model. I was jaw-dropped when I saw this. Entertainment Tonight is rolling along talking about the Oscars and how everybody was so pretty and their faces were done so well. And they just, without missing a beat, they asked somebody about how, about face, you know, how these actresses keep so good looking right in the show. This is not a commercial, but it turns out to be an embedded commercial. And it's so poorly done that it's actually kind of shocking. When you hear the woman who's the the dermatologist speaking, she can't even, she can barely read, but play now, celebrity dermatologist Dr. Marnie Musbaum shares her tips to making your skin look its best without the movie star price tag. I recommend making Boots Number no. 7 Protect and Perfect Intense Beauty Serum a daily part of your anti-aging regimen. It's clinically proven to reduce the appearance of deep lines and wrinkles in just four weeks. You can find a product at Target and Target.com. So many beauty products out there promise smooth, flowing skin. But this product delivers such effective results, it won Best Serum and Good Housekeeping's first ever anti-aging award. And for an ET exclusive offer, head on over to ET Online and click the boost button. <laughs> hey, an exclusive offer. We should have that. Shameless. We should have that, an exclusive offer. Shameless. And it was just right in the show. I'm going, this is terrible. Meanwhile, of course, the big news is Rush Limbaugh yeah, called something. Really? By the way, this was slander. I think he's going to, he's got, I think he has a problem. To call someone a slut? The way he's couched it, he implied that she was a prostitute. <laughs> and that implies that she was doing having the real problem with slander and libel. People have to out there need to know is that if you call someone a crook, for example, yeah, and they have not been uh, uh, found guilty of a crime, you can have your ass sued off you. Oh, really? Because yes. So when that's I one say thing, you when call I say a douchebag, but if I say Hillary Clinton is a Satan and she's responsible for killing people, I, I could be uh, sued for that. No, you didn't accuse her of a crime. Oh, killing people is not a crime. Well, in the way you put it, it's, it's obviously not the same way. Do, I, let me say it this way. The way you put it yeah. is not a crime. How do I put it so it's a crime? You, you'd call her a, uh, well, there's a lot of different ways, but I'm not going to do any of them. There's a lot of, there's a lot of ways of doing libel. I'm not going to, but even talking about it, you can be libeling somebody or, or slandering them wow. in the case of the spoken really? word. Yeah. So Limbaugh slandered the woman. There's no doubt about it in my mind. But the worst part about it, from our perspective, or the best part... It's a distraction. Was, there was no news. It was a distraction, but the thing was is that his advertisers, especially go to my PC, pulled their ads, and then the go to my PC people put a big posting on Facebook, which I sent you a copy of. Yeah, you want me to read that? I, uh, yeah, read part of it. 
Uh, actually, I had to open my other browser. Over the past day, we've heard from many great Citrix customers about our advertising on the Rush Limbaugh show. These customers have expect, uh, expressed their growing concern over some of his recent comments. They seem inconsistent with the core values Citrix has always stood for. Humility, integrity, and respect. Hey, they have the same values as this show, John. That's great. While Citrix obviously does not control any show's content or endorse opinions of their hosts, we do take the concerns of our customers seriously. When they are upset about something, we listen. After careful consideration, we have decided to discontinue our advertising on the Rush Limbaugh Show. Sincerely, Brat Kane, SVP and GM Online Services Division, Citrix. Yeah. So uh, this is what happens. When these guys get involved, they want to control the, the message of a show, which everybody wants to do if you're an advertiser. And that's why everyone's so, everyone's, everything's so soft-pedaled. You can play the Rush Limbaugh clip. This is Don Lemon going over it with, the, with Rush actually commenting on this. I can, never, I can never get me enough Don Lemon. Sandra Flock, uh, who testified at a hearing organized by Democrats. She spoke in favor of the recent Obama administration proposal that employers be required to cover birth control in their health plans. I want you to uh, hear what Limbaugh had to say. What does it say about the college co-ed Susan Fluke, who goes before a congressional committee and essentially says that she must be paid to have sex. What does that make her? It makes her a slut, right? <laughs> okay, so Goldie, not a surprise that Rush Limbaugh is being provocative. That's what he does. But did he damage his own cause with those kinds of words and that kind of attack? Well, I think it actually went further than that. I think that Rush Limbaugh did more than damage his own brand, but he damaged the brand of the Republican Party, which depends heavily on the very same audience that listens to him. And so, you know, the apology that we've heard from him tonight was really not about you and me. It was about Rush's stakeholders. Mm -hmm. It was about his advertisers. It was about his current audience. It was about his syndicator, the people who put out his show, you know, to the hundreds of stations who carried across the country. And so the apology really was to settle his own stakeholder community so that he could stop the bleeding or the loss of income, you know, that's come as a result of this boycott. And so none of this is really about us. It's about, you know, building a bigger audience and getting those advertisers in the door. All right. Now, let me just repeat. It's a total distraction, and it's yeah, certainly, well, certainly a distraction. It a distraction. It's certainly a planned distraction, which uh, kind of proves that Rush Limbaugh is a complete agent. Uh, it's a distraction from the actual uh, ha things that are happening, such as the election of a uh, Republican presidential candidate, because that's all that this is about. All the questions are about uh, this. Total distraction and annoying to me. But you're going to make a point about it. Yeah, the point is, is that this is the kind of thing that even though that's a distraction, I think it backfired a little bit. He did lose some advertisers and he got some negative PR, but I still think and he can also be sued. I believe he will be. But this is the kind of thing that you have with anything that's commercial. And then she mentioned the the advertisers got irked, and they and her his syndicator, who she, he doesn't own the syndicator that I know of. If he did, then it's a, something else. You know, radio you know, do you know who at owns the, the syndicator? You're at the, you know you're at the mercy of all these different things, and that's why we don't do that. Do you know who owns the syndicator? Who? Yeah, it's who. So it's Premier Radio Networks. 
Yeah, aren't they owned by Clear Channel? Oh, yes, and who owns Clear Channel? Uh, well, that's the Bain Capital. Bain Capital, Mitt Romney's company. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it seems unlikely they're going to pull them off the air, but still, it's a possibility. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. I will say that we are also vulnerable. Uh, as it turns out, PayPal these days is now uh, starting to refuse payments for certain online companies. Like uh, Smashwords. Are you familiar with Smashwords? No. It's like a, a self-publishing company. And uh, PayPal uh, is now saying... Well, we're not going to finance things that, uh, well, essentially they're saying that we don't agree with, but, you know, if it's like sexy stuff. So uh, books about sex. Oh, it's one of those uh, chick lit things, huh? Yeah. Yeah, no, we're vulnerable. There's no doubt about it. I'm just saying we're not vulnerable to the more normal things where you'd have to change your message. I already got. We'd just be kicked off the air. I already got three emails, by the way. For, pe- for people who want in on the fund and can help. Okay, well, t- you chat it up with them. Philip Mason, we want to chat it up with in Welsh poor Pows, which I guess is in the UK somewhere. It's Meeson or Mason? Meeson. Meeson, Please I think. add me to your birthday list for March 30th. Keep up the great work in the morning. $160 from me. Heather Aronson, San Francisco, over there, waving at her now. One thirty-three, thirty-three. Woke up in the middle of the night last night and looked at the clock. It said 3.33 a.m. And I thought, I guess it's time to donate. I'm working my way to a damehood. I'm about halfway. I want to get long. And I want long-haired metal guys and scotch. <laughs> well, you get your damehood. I'll bring the boys. So get them ready. Woo, she says. <laughs> she loves us. Peter Parisi in Red Cliff, Western Australia, 120. Kudos to you guys because you open people's eyes and minds to the global elite self-serving manipulations to keep themselves rich and powerful, to keep the rest of us as dumb slaves. Uh, guys, when the shit finally goes down and the global elite no longer has any pretense at hiding their evil plans, make your way to Perth. Mm-hmm. And we can begin to fight back. If I'm in Perth, I'm chilling. I'm not fighting at all. I'm just going to... I've never been to Perth. I have. It's beautiful, and I'm just hanging out. I always find it... I always just see it, imagine it as a desert. No, it's so green. Patrick Seuss, Windsor, Victoria, $100. Thank Asking for a huntsman, followed by a Kevin Rudd outburst. I don't know if you got that. I'm in love with a Chinese girl, so I thought a Chinese-English motif would suit me well. This is for a D-douche. I was ransomed by Kaiser Sose for 100 bucks. Please wipe me clean. So give him a de-douching followed by Huntsman. Okay. You've been de-douched. Ooh, tight, tight. I liked it. Bradley Larson, Egan, Minnesota, 99.99, which you have to... Niner, 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 niner. Uh Uh-huh. Because last night I had a dream that I didn't remember very well, but I know it had a No Agenda logo in it. It was a cool logo, but like I said, I don't remember it very well. All I know is that 33 was prominent in it. I woke up from the dream and thought it was a sign it should donate. Then I turned over and coincidentally, along with one of our other listeners, it was 3.33 a.m. Interesting. I then realized that the date was 3.3. At this point, I thought, how can I not donate? I've been a listener from early on, but I've not donated until now. Don't de-douche me yet. But I feel this is enough value for the value I've received from you, but I wouldn't mind a little karma. Absolutely. You've got karma. 
know, this is basically the universe telling you something when this happens. <laughs> yeah, three, 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 three. Tim Humor in Pelzer, South Carolina, hey, nine, 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 nine. Niner, 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 niner. Donation should complete my knighthood and give you some extra pennies to kick for a few others. To commemorate this event, I would request a hey, citizen, which you just got. You will obey. I don't know if we can get a you obey. Uh, yeah, I got an obey. Hold on a second. So and a slide whistle. <laughs> Wait a minute. We got to set a limit on this. Or a, or a, or a train whistle. I'm going to do the train. Okay. So uh, what just are we give doing? Give him a hey, citizen. You will obey, and I'll give him the train. Okay. Hey, citizen. You will obey. obey. <laughs> Nice. Thanks for all your research. Yeah, I know it's. We got to set. We got to put some rules down. It's got to kind of be above <laughs> hundred. With, with a whoop it. A Thanks for all your research nah. analysis and entertainment. You definitely have the best podcast in the universe. <laughs> Keep up the great work, Scott Singer in Wakasha or uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin, ninety six sixty six. MLB spring training training is starting. Here is last year's Milwaukee Brewers record for some brew crew karma. Drink more beer from the best brewery in the universe, New Glarus. You know about this? No, I don't know. I'm not a drinker. Uh, Give him a karma. No, absolutely. Sorry. You've got. And that's for you, singer, not for the team. Aaron Stork, Milton, Washington. $80 $80 in the morning, value for value. What I learned listening to the No Agenda allowed me to sway my precinct at the local caucus to vote me to represent our precinct and Ron Paul at the county caucuses at the end of the month. I was forced to spend $80 to join the local Republican Party in Washington so wow. I could be a delegate. So here's the same for you. I need a douching for my buddy Russ, who threw me a couple of bucks for this donation and a triple karma shot for me in the in a raise I'm working on and for my wife and her job search and for Ron Paul going into Super Tuesday, keep up with the good work so we'll have more ammunition as we go the next round. You've been deduced. You've got karma. Hey. A train whistle? He didn't ask for that. Chantel Levitt in Fresno, California, 7192. Hey, you guys, this is a special surprise first donation on behalf of my boyfriend, Ryan Showalter. <laughs> of six years, March 7th. So here's $50 plus plus twenty-one ninety-two a penny for each day we've been together. Aw, including leap days. Can he get some good karma sent his way? Introduced me to No Agenda earlier this year. So glad that after episode 388, we won't be boners because we'll be donors. Thanks, Chantel. Yes. You've got karma. Wow. And good old Dame Tanya. Oh. Uh, came in uh, New York, New York to continue the trend of, of people donating, donating 6969. Uh, so it continues. She's a happy uh, 3 3 to the best podcast in the universe. Nikola Nikolov in Westboro, Massachusetts, nuts, 6969. Please congratulate my wife, Kate, for her birthday, which is today. Please hit her with a hey, citizen. You don't quite understand the situation. We haven't got that part. Um, oh, oh, I see. That's the... Hapu Chada Ching Ching. Yeah, that. And then uh, hey, citizen and a MILF, I guess. <coughs> okay. So let me just get this straight. I mean, there's a lot to do here. Hey, citizen. <laughs> hey, citizen. Hapu Chada Ching Ching. My MILF. Okay. Hey, citizen. Hapu Chada Ching Ching. MILF. That's one mother I'd like to Whew. See Mike in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, 6969 as we continue. Uh, 
Dear John and Adam, long before anyone called it just getting laid, car- called it a getting laid karma donation. I donated sixty nine sixty nine on January twelfth, two thousand eleven, calling it the Help John and Adam Get It Up campaign. <laughs> that was a response to you mentioning that only about one percent of listeners donated to the show. I'm donating this amount again to prevent this recurrence of douchiness due to non donation and to reclaim the purpose of the sixty nine sixty nine donation, and to call out Sam K as a douchebag. Oh, sorry. I was too involved in reading. Stop <laughs> listening. You're not listening. Yeah. Since he still hasn't paid. I me learned the three- it from you. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm usually doing research when I'm doing that. He hasn't paid me the nearly three k he owes me for programming work I did for him last summer. Also, thank you, Adam, for the amazing, amazing analysis you are doing charting the oil and gas stuff. Though I miss the in-depth media deconstructions that you and John do. As always, thanks for the good show. Keep it up. Regards, right. Seamite. I think we got a good mix today. We've uh, done all kinds of stuff on the show. Martin Brzezinski. Uh-oh. I'm thinking. Uh-oh. Did caught 6969. <laughs> Love the show. Love the light versus darkness conversation around music on the Whitney Houston topic. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. like to call out, uh, like to call it Jacob Wojcik, I think. From Warsaw is a douchebag. Douchebag. I turned him on to twit and he turned me on to no agenda, but never donated. I like a huntsman. Hey, citizen, please don't need karma since I've got Jesus on the inside. Hey, citizen. And the pronunciation is Jakub Wojcik and Marcin Bazinski. Bazinski is what I said. Just yeah, it's just Brzezinski. Brzezinski. He says Bizinski. Andrew Brown Pierne in Richardson, Texas, right down the street from you, sixty-seven dollars. Like many others, I fell off the five-dollar a month wagon some time ago, and I've just been too lazy to notice. And maybe humbly request a de-douching and maybe a bit of human resource karma for my lovely wife and I. If you could please send me to the birthday call out list, you're on it. Uh, is my birthday twenty-seven years old? Please keep up the great work on one of the few podcasts worth listening to. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. And Michael, Sir Michael Miller in Tiburon, $67. Dance monkey boy. Hey, citizen karma, please. <laughs> Whatever that means. Dance monkey boy. Hey, citizen. You've got karma. Sir Dennis Cruz, another one of our knights in Beaverton, Oregon, $63. Give a shout out to Den, Den Man and his show. Plus, need karma for a VA refi that is desperately needed. You've got Karma. Uh, Joe, Sir Joe the Dish Slave in Stockton's back in with $60.80. Joe the Dish Slave here with another donation toward my wife's damehood. Please fire off a MILF call for her and send out a karma shot for her entire family with the slide whistle solo at the end. MILF! That's one mother I'd like to. You've got karma. <laughs> You know, you know I, we got to start putting a price on this. I think if you want a special... I think, yeah, I'm going to... Look, I'll join the Musicians Union. I won't be able to do this anymore. <laughs> Doug Dillon, Gaithersburg, Maryland, 60 bucks. No no comment. Thank you very much, Doug. Uh, Michael Paluski. 
Madison, Wisconsin, another 60. Unusual number. Uh, John and Adam, back again, value for value. Best podcast in the world. Thanks so much for your excellent work in deconstructing the mainstream media. Your most recent work regarding the Leviathan field has been amazing. Thanks to you guys. I'm now more enlightened with what's going on in the world. Thanks for delving into these topics so I don't have to. Uh, Michael Moore, not the Michael Moore, but he's in Los Angeles, California, 5555. Love the show. Please send some birthday new job karma to Michael Smowski, Schumowski. He's the best friend I've had in a long time and now hearing his name on our favorite podcast will make his day. Also, please play a mill for my wife, Corrine. Thanks for everything you guys do so we don't have to. It makes no agenda. The best podcast in the universe. Milf. That's one mother I'd like to do I have to give him a karma, too? Was there a karma involved with that? Yeah, new job karma, right? Yeah. Sorry. You've got karma. Troy Haskin in Madison, Wisconsin, 5555. Another, it's unusual. We have these duplicates. Scientists here just wanted to say a couple of things about plutonium. Natural plutonium does not exist in significant quantities to produce a weapon. If someone wants to make a plutonium weapon, it would need to buy a reactor produced and extracted plutonium from someone. Pure plutonium and associated alloys has one of the most complex and sensitive phase diagrams in existence. As such, plutonium bombs, like the fat man, uh, have a subcritical core that is imploded into a supercritical configuration upon detonation. The design is more complex than a simple uranium gun type and from a mathematical perspective, a very interesting problem. So this is exactly what we said. That's what Uncle Don said. It's like their plutonium stuff is lame. North Korea is not dangerous. Yeah, well, it's probably right, I would think. Uh, Mark in Benicia, California, 5510. uh, Attribute this second donation to my smoking hot milf, the presumptive dame Rico Miyagi. Also, a quick birthday shout out to my younger human resource. I'm on the list. Thanks for all you guys do because we don't have to. I really appreciate it. Mike in Rochester, New York. Hold on. He he, he just asked for something. I got to give it to him. You can't just pass by that. Oh, we got him. You've got karma. Did I read through that? I don't see even the word karma in there. Well, that was automatic, but he wanted a MILF. I didn't see that he wanted it. Okay. Well, shoot the messenger then. Shoot the button pusher. Shoot the dancing monkey. Mike in Rochester, New York, $51.01. Please do not. uh, Anyway, in the morning, slaves, I'm going on a vacation to sunny Florida this coming week and use some karma. Why? Because I'd like to keep from being molested by the TSA, getting eaten by a gator while I'm on an airboat and hope. No straight parts fly at me should a car blow up while I'm at the NHRA Gator Nationals. Thanks for always giving us the great quality shows, best podcast in the universe. You've got karma. Greg Henry in Peterborough, Ontario, $51.1 or $55.1. I've been listening the past few weeks and I'm impressed by the analysis especially on the pipelines, the possibility of a board brokered primary and Baluchistan. Could I get some slide whistle karma for getting a date? Well, I have to do that now. I- karma. <laughs> he wants to be, he's Greg from Gitmo Nation North. $50.08 from Bradley Lupton in Kyle, Texas. He's right down the street from you. Great podcast. Good way to get the media. Adam, a good sound effect for you is the chief from the movie Ratatouille when he says highly suspect. That's the chef. 
from oh, I said chief. It's yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah the chef. Hilarious. I think I know how to pronounce the word chef. Yeah. Very funny. And finally, we have $50 from Adam Colby. Sir Adam Colby to you in Menasha, Wisconsin. Andrew Haverson. Haver, geez. Andrew Haverson in Gravenhurst, Ontario. Sir Christopher Lawton in Dartmouth, Massachusetts. Philip Meeson in Welsh Pool Powers. I think we had that earlier. And Robert Dearden in... Black Knight. Uh, black Knight. He's a Black Knight, Robert Dearden, in Hoboken. Hoboken, New Jersey. I want to thank them and everyone else who's contributed to the, making this show a possibility. Uh, no Agenda 388. And you should please continue the support by going to nashow.com, na uh, nation.com Dvorak.org slash NA and channeldvorak.com. Yes. Dvorak.org slash NA. Just a quick follow up on some karma. Uh, this is, uh, I think this is Ryan for his uh, son Bryce. Remember, he had, had like a brain yes, trauma. A good story. Yeah. Sounds crazy even as I type it, but I'd like to give you an update on my son Bryce. He suffered a very significant head injury, was hospitalized for eight days. He went through several CAT scans, two MRIs, went under the knife twice to clear blot cutting, cl- clotting that. Uh, confounded the doctors. I played his karma shout out from the last show just before a second angiogram procedure. The very next day, the reports indicated the clotting has for the most part cleared. His headache disappeared and he could go home. I'm going to, of course, give props to the world-class staff at Toronto sick kids hospital, but I will also say the karma certainly did not hurt and may have been the missing link. Uh Bryce is home now. I will enjoy hearing you read back his story. And that is, of course, uh, Bryce has been giving us donations. Uh, I think he's 14. Uh, his uh, his birthday money. <laughs> well, I'm tearing up. <laughs> yeah, it's just a sad story. It is. But he's okay. So yeah, it is great. Sad. And we're very happy. And thank you all so much for supporting the show. Um, and consider us uh, with your tax returns. Consider keeping us on the air so that we can at least have uh, heated debate and discussion about what's going on in the world. Say happy birthday to Harry Pilgrim, of course, good friend of the show from the Hot Pockets 2008 tour. Uh, he congratulates himself, celebrating tomorrow, his lovely wife, Jen. Anonymous from New Jersey, uh, he celebrated his birthday yesterday, Philip Meeson. He will be, uh, it says was on March 30th, I guess that means it will be March 30th, but I'm not quite sure what that means. Uh, happy birthday, uh, Philip. Chantel Levitt congratulates her boyfriend, Ryan Showalter, his birthday on the 7th. Nikola, uh, Nikola Nikolov, his wife, Kate, celebrates today. Mark from Benica, California, his son, Alec, turns 7th tomorrow. Happy birthday. Andrew Brown Piern congratulates himself, uh, turns 27 today. Michael Moore's best friend, Michael Zumowski, congratulations to you. And Holly Bruno says happy birthday to her boyfriend, Richard Giantonio. And, of course, we join in those celebrations with all of you from your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. And we have two nightings today, John, which is always nice to see. We had a nice day, and that's a good People are getting up there with their knighthoods, so you can uh, cross swords with me, please. There you go. Yeah, very good. <laughs> there you go. Mitch Bidron and Tim Humer, please step forward. Both of you have contributed your value for value to the No Agenda podcast in the 
aggregated amount of $1,000 or more. This is where you receive an honorary knighthood of the Knights of the Noah Jenner Roundtable. It is a real award. A ring is coming your way. So kneel as I pronounce these, Sir Mitch Bidron and Sir Tim Humor, Knights of the Noah Jenner Roundtable. Hookers and blow, metal boys and booze, hot pants and booze and... Rent Boys and Chardonnay, all of that for you here. And thank you so much for supporting the No Agenda podcast. slash N-A. And, and as a point of correction, it's Benicia. Benicia, California. Oh, Answer, thank you. Benicia. Benicia. Thank you. I, you know, I was, it's funny. As I was reading that, I'm like, I better do this right because John's going to correct me. And there you go. Foiled again. Uh, did you know the Knight Foundation? Is that from Knight Ritter? Yeah. They are doing a $5 million Tumblr challenge for journalists, publications, and websites. Huh. Yeah, I was thinking maybe someone could go get us a grant. Well, that'd be good. Yeah. Just saying. Well, I think an award is better than a grant. Grant guys, when they give you a grant, they, they, they oversee you. Oh, wait a minute. You. Oh, they oversee you? No, forget about it. Forget I even mentioned it. We don't want any yeah. of that. They're always meddling. We don't want that. So uh, you noticed that Ron Paul came in a really very, strong very second strong in Washington. Second. Yes, I did. Yeah, and you know what that means? It'll just be ignored. Yeah, it's just don't, don't talk to him. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's oh, going to be very interesting. This is the first election ever, and I remember. Well, I remember a lot of elections. I got a few years on you. I remember a lot of them, and only this is the first time in. As far as I know, in the history of all these elections, that they've started to demean the concept of a caucus. You know, oh, no, they don't mean anything. There's a bunch of jerks oh, in the right, room. Right. Yeah. Doesn't mean anything. Move along. Well, of course, the, the media would push this because with all this money out there, it doesn't. They don't want, they want, they will try to abolish. This is my prediction. They're going to do what they can to abolish caucus states because they, there's no advertising involved. Hmm. They can't pummel the public with these millions of dollars of advertising, which means that the media, that they get short-sheeted. They don't get their money. They don't get their ounce of gold. Mm-hmm. So the, the caucuses are going to be demeaned. Well, and, just and before the show down. started, I was actually, uh, I have it recorded, but I'm not going to play it. On uh, Maybe it was CNN or Fox. They were actually saying, you know, well, you know, we, we kind of uh, demean all this and do all this to make it an exciting race otherwise you know it's not interesting for the news media they're literally saying that now <laughs> that's that's how crazy it's gotten and then yes it's just nuts we're doing it for your benefit yeah. so because to, to keep you interested otherwise the public won't they won't care so in um i'm following the story about the 15 trillion dollars that lord blackheath exposed in the house uh, of yes, lords one of the best stories you've come across and uh, so, first of all, there's a rumor on the interwebs that he that he that he died. <laughs> so this is unconfirmed. I can't find any. You know, the guy's 75, so anything could happen. He could have one of those Breitbart heart attacks. But there's a rumor that uh, that he's dead. So I, there's no real follow up. Um, but there's a couple of guys out there who continue to post stories that um, little Timmy Geithner was arrested in New York. Uh, and was questioned about, amongst other things, this particular issue. And, and, and so the story's not really going away. Of course, you haven't heard about it anywhere, anywhere in mainstream media, because quite frankly, it's so out there. Um, but there is apparently a document signed by little Timmy Geithner and, uh, and I think uh, Ben Bernanke 
that transfers this $15 trillion to predominantly uh, the, the Bank of Scotland and H, HSBC. Uh, so it, the story doesn't die. And then Judge Napolitano, and, and so I'm looking, I'm doing Google searches for Timmy Geithner arrested, Timmy Geithner apprehended, Timmy Geithner this, Timmy Geithner that. Maybe I should try Timothy instead of Timmy. That could be my problem. But then Judge Napolitano, who has been kicked off of Fox, they still keep him on a little bit, and they put him on with Shep, Shep Smith, who does not look good, by the way. That's what I said. I, I, I yeah. mentioned this before. He does not look – he's either on a drastic diet for some reason. It's beyond me because he's starting to look sallow. Yeah, he doesn't look sallow. Good word. I'm going to write that one down. And it turns out that Timmy Geithner was indeed questioned in New York, and this is about um, his complicitness in lying to the American people about the money – the bailout money going to Goldman Sachs, uh, the bailout of AIG. So I think it's worth it to listen to what the judge has to say. I think, we, you know, usually we like what he says, right? I mean, we, we think he's pretty much on the money. And of yeah, course, they, he has a couple of there's some sketchy things occasionally. But generally speaking, we're we're on his uh, on his side. I right was the president of the New York Federal Reserve Bank in the fall of 2008 when the Federal Reserve and the Treasury and the White House and the Congress decided to bail out AIG. Right. In the process of that bailing out of AIG, many, many documents were exchanged. If you went to the bank to borrow money, you'd have to fill out documents. One of the documents AIG filled out said, we owe X dollars to Goldman Sachs and we plan on paying them 100 cents on the dollar. According to Bloomberg, Emails that came out yesterday say that lawyers for the Federal Reserve Bank said we were told to strike this from the form so that AIG would not reveal to the Treasury Department or to the public that this money was going to be paid to Goldman Sachs because that's a politically toxic issue. Goldman Sachs making a fortune, making 100 cents on the dollar with federal funds. Now. If you go to buy a $25 savings bond from the federal government and you falsify the document to acquire that bond, you can go to jail. That's right. If you borrow $185 billion from the government, like AIG did, and you falsify a document, even if the government told you to do so, the people involved can go to jail. According to Bloomberg, one of the people who told them to do so was the now Treasury Secretary, Timothy Geithner. All right. Now, they're alleging that they kept it from the people that they didn't make it public what AIG, what they were going to be doing with this money. But is that to say that the government didn't know either? Good question. If they just kept that would it, be a key, if it? they just kept it from the public, there is no crime. And Geithner may actually be commended for his political wisdom. <laughs> if it was required to be reported in a document and not accurately reported, that would be the criminal event. And anybody who conspired to do so, counseled to do so, or ordered someone to do so, would be a potential defendant for that crime. It's piling up on one Tim Geithner. It is piling up uh, on him. This does not look very good for intellectual honesty and for the competence of reposing the people's money in his hands. Why in the world would our government, with our money... This is good. Listen to Shep. Shep is actually going to say something really dumb, and he's going to retract it immediately because he doesn't want to get killed. Pay 100 cents on the dollar for stuff that ain't worth the paper it's printed on. Why? 
we who watch this stuff for a living, you and I and our colleagues. I mean, here it's at clear Fox, that the banks run the country. The country doesn't run itself. The, the, the banks have tremendous influence in the <laughs> Kidding. Did you, uh, you, you, you laughed through his retraction. Hold on. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Play it again. Yeah, I'm rolling it back. It's funny what he said. Clear that the banks run the country. The country doesn't run itself. The, the, the banks have tremendous influence in the Kidding. Pussy. Nice try. Kidding. kidding. I'm kidding. Allegedly. Not for real. The government regulates the banks. They're in bed with each other. It's crazy. We did not know until after this deal was done that AIG had someone it owed money to and it paid that someone 100 cents on the dollar. And that someone was the richest investment bank in the world whose former chair was then the Treasury Secretary Henry Paulson. The someone was Goldman Sachs. None of us knew that until after the 13 billion in federal funds had been paid to Goldman Sachs. So Timmy Geithner well, could go to jail. Well, let's hope, you know, let's hope so. The thing is, these were... Uh, <laughs> Can you imagine Timmy I'm in mistaken, jail? <laughs> the AIG... Uh, Goldman Sachs, which is the company might be investigated, were the biggest buyers of credit default swaps, mm-hmm. which are essentially an insurance policy. And I believe they all went through AIG. And uh, so when the, whether it had to be disclosed or not, once AIG got the money from the government, they had to give it to Goldman Sachs because they owed it to them. So I'm not sure that this is going to go anywhere. Well, not, well okay. I think the, uh, the issue is that Timothy Geithner told AIG not to disclose what they were, what their actual debts were, and the, and one of the debts was a hundred hundred cents of the dollar to Goldman. Yeah, I'm not unless it was required that they disclose this. I don't know that they did anything illegal. I question the. In other words, I question no, the no, uh, no, premise. I, yeah. Well, I'm not a lawyer. Well, I'm not either. But these did the what what uh, Napolitano said specifically. They falsified. They didn't falsify anything. They left something out. Hmm. I don't know. Anyway, so I'm not. I'm not. I have no high hopes for this going anywhere. Let's put it that way. Just a quick glance at Europe. Oh, and by the way, while we're on that topic of the financing. Obama's all for this. Play my This is Obama, direct quote from his recent speech. Hold on a second. Uh, I need to know what clip it is. It's the one with Obama's name in it. Philosophy is simple. Ah, okay. Got it. Philosophy is simple. We are better off when everybody's left to fend for themselves. The most powerful can play by their own rules. <laughs> he's, there you go. Yeah, that, but he's very funny. Oh, did I take that out of context? Well, you think? You think? <laughs> that was my homage to uh, Breitbart. Yeah. Anyway, okay, sorry. The internet is filled with uh, with videos of FBI testimony where they're showing the heart attack gun. <laughs> you haven't seen this? It's pretty funny. No, this you got me. This is the this is the item of the day. Then. Oh yeah, you haven't seen gun. that? Oh, there's no, a- I've been too busy following the shut up. Slave gun. Oh, oh the, you know, the shut up slave gun. I'm annoyed by that because, first of all, th- there used to be television game shows in Holland and they'd call it the Wonder Ears. And the Wonder Ears was essentially part of a variety show on Saturday night. And I'm talking 70s. And they'd put headphones on your head with like these huge Dumbo ears and they'd do a tape delay. So basically you get you get the. Um, They'd play a song through the headphones. It's very funny to to watch it happen. 
They play a song through the headphones and then delay the, the singer's voice, uh, the contestant, by you know a fraction of a second. Yeah, and, it's and like two tenths apparently is right. really the and then they have to, and then they have to sing along and it, uh, yeah, and you can't talk and you turn into a total <laughs> moron and it's hilarious. It really is. Although some people got really good at it and they practice at home. I think you can get good at it. Yeah, you can train your brain. But this is like. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, this is shut up, slave gun. It's like, you know, so all you need to do right. is just put some headphones on, you know, that, uh, that, that readjust the volume of your own voice and it'll be okay. You know, it's like, we can combat this. This is just a, not, another nothing to see here. Yeah, and it no, comes from Wired, but you I, know. I, it reminded me of, uh, you know, once in a while you work in some studio and they you put headphones on and you they have the d- delay because somebody screwed up something. And it's like, oh, my God, I'm hearing myself. And the, the first thing you think is this is this is not going to go well if I'm if I can't turn off this ear or pull out. A lot of people just pull the piece out of their ear. But one time I was working at Silicon Spin and they were doing the Leo Laporte show next door. And they had screwed up something, and it, and it was on the exact same clock. Mm-hmm. So so that I, there was no evidence that anything was wrong. And I had an IFB in my ear, and they start the show, and there, boom, there's Leo in my ear yakking away. Now that that's a trying. shut up slave gun right there. <laughs> so I'm yakking away, and I'm trying to get through it, you know, because it was horrible. And so I they got to a break. I said, and I, you know, as soon as I went to the break, I said, Leo, you got you fed Leo. You got Leo coming in, but he was on a break too. So they listening. We don't hear anything there. I think we've straightened it out. It's no problem. So we come off the break, exact same time. There's Leo again, yakking in my ear. Mm-hmm. And so I had to just pull the thing out. But I consider it one of the funniest moments. I'd like to see that I myself. think you had to be there. Yeah, for I, it to be I'm just really a boring story, hilarious. sorry. No, it's okay. Let me play you the clip that everyone's uh, reposting about the heart attack gun. This includes uh, a CIA whistleblower, but then it cuts through to uh, FBI testimony would actually have the gun and the and the congressmen are all looking at the gun as a big scope on it and everything it's pretty funny finding documents that were that you don't find in libraries like oh like where you where you put explosives on a bridge where's the best place to put an explosive on a bridge and, and what kind of explosive do you have to get that goes underwater without you know destroying its effectiveness uh, also i had to find one time they wanted me to find um, to find out if there was such a thing as um, as a poison that was undetectable, especially one that seemed to uh, mimic a heart attack, that would kill someone, but it would appear that they had a heart attack. I did find such a thing. Does this pistol uh, fire the dart? Yes, it does, Mr. Chairman. And a special one was developed, which potentially would be able to uh, enter the target without perception. The, the poison was frozen into some sort of dart, and then it was shot at uh, very high speed into the person. So at, when it reached the person, it would melt inside them, and the only thing would be like one little tiny red dot on their body, which was hard to detect. There wouldn't be a needle left or anything like that in the person. But also the toxin itself would not appear in the autopsy? Yes. So that uh, there was no no way of perceiving that the uh, the target was him. <laughs> this is bull crap. Oh, that's te- you know, but that's they, te- that's testimony in Congress. Yeah, I know, but there's there, there these guys at MythBusters over here in Alameda have oh, done everything they can. They're not they compromised. Can. They're not compromised. Well, I'm I've never believed that you can shoot a, a with a, with the amount of heat that comes out of a pistol, especially at high speeds, that you could shoot a piece of ice and it wouldn't just be done in about you know three feet out of the muzzle. 
And they've sh- tried to do it over and over again. They were unable to. This is not true. There's no way. You can't get it cold enough. So you're telling me that they're lying in Congress. I guess. They have the gun there. They're all holding it. They're all like, wow. They, you know, they get like a congressman looking through the scope and stuff. It's like, so this is the gun. Yeah, that's the gun. Shoots a dart. Yeah, you can't detect it. Poison can't be. Listen, John, as my CIA handler, please, when it's time to kill me, fiery airplane crash, dude. I don't want like a stupid heart attack. That's lame. All right. Flip over in the truck, you know, something gunfight. Any please gunfight. 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 Please, please, I don't want to go of a heart attack. That's no good. Make it spectacular and, and messy. Well, you're not gonna you're not flying much. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's how that's I'm doing that for a reason. When it's time for me to go, I'll know it's time to fly. Nobody even knows where you are anymore. You've moved you've you're turned into a prepper. <laughs> So, um, very interesting things happening in Europe. Uh, 16-second sound clip of the signing of the death warrant of the United States of Europe. This is the Compact Treaty. And I do urge you to take a look at the video, uh, 388.nashownotes.com. And you can see all these douchebags, 27 of them, 25 of them, actually, because, of course, uh, two didn't sign, including the Gitmo Nation East, signing the big book. Signing the death warrant, which essentially means uh, all of your slave money will go to Brussels. And here's Haiku Herman and Barroso laughing it up at the end. Thank you. It closes the signing ceremony. The president of the commission and the president of the council may not sign, which is a frustration. <laughs> frustration. We cannot. We may not sign. <laughs> uh, so thank you. Thank you for signing this treaty. Now is the ratification. Yeah. And there you go. There's your sovereignty signed away. It's all done. And, of course, they're doing a great thing with Greece that's so beautiful for the March 23rd takedown, which some people are now saying will, be, will happen on March 20th. Um, as they've only given half the money they needed, as in they have three weeks to comply. <laughs> have you followed this? Yeah, this is really ludicrous. It's like, I need $130 billion of euros to, uh, you know, to, to not default. Okay, we'll give you half, and then you, know, you strip your slaves of more stuff, and then we'll give you the other half. If you don't, well, then we're going to have to just screw you. And now Moody's has downgraded them. I mean, it's, it's such a setup. How can there be any more downgraded than they already are? Well, apparently there is. You can go, you know. What are they at now? C, they went from a CA to a C, I guess. No, I think they're in D territory. <laughs> Is there a D? I don't know. Let's find out. Moody's downgrade Greece. I'll look at the... Uh, by the way, for the knowledge. artists out there, uh, noagendaartgenerator.com is still working. Dot info, I guess, has expired or something. So, no yeah, agenda. noagendaartgenerator.com. Yeah, and by the way, with all the artists who, who like to submit stuff, uh, send me an email with your email address and put on the subject line, artist... Because every once in a while I need to communicate something like, you know, font sizes or something like that. And I don't have anybody's email address. It's just like a crapshoot. Mm. Okay. So if you do that, I'd appreciate it. Uh, yeah, let's see. What are they? This is on March 2nd. They were cut CA. Yeah, from CA to C. Bonds rated C are the lowest rated. Okay, so that is the lowest rated class and are typically in default when they're rated that. Yeah. I think it's funny. It went from C to CA, and CA is also the moniker no, no, no. for California. I, I, have, I have here credit rating of C. 2C fr- from, from CA. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, it went 2C, which is the lowest, from CA, which means California. 
<laughs> yeah, they're next, by the way. California. Goodbye. And then this, uh, is that, am I correct in thinking this Sheriff Joe Arpaio? Isn't that the crazy guy who rocks around with like a baseball bat? Or something. Yeah, that guy. He's the nut guy, nutball. So did you see him in court? Uh, uh, I think they finally sued him. Who sued him? I think somebody's suing him. No, no, he's in court and he's trying to get Obama uh, deemed ineligible for election. Oh, because he's not an American citizen? Yeah, listen. Then also led us to a closer examination of the president's selected service registration card. Upon close examination of the evidence, we are prepared today to say we believe probable cause exists indicating that forgery and fraud may have been committed. (laughs) Not only in President Obama's long foreign birth certificate, but more disturbing evidence suggests that another fraud may have been committed regarding his selected service registration card. Ooh, we have a new document to look forward to. Yay! Can't wait. The winner. Yeah, (laughs) we've got another winner. I love it. I love it. I should have stayed uh, with Europe. There were uh, Baron von Pelsmacher sent me uh, some interesting stories. In Belgium, they're so desperate to uh, do away with real money that uh, now in in most uh, socialist countries, when you have a child, you get something called children money. Are you familiar with this concept? No, I've never heard of it. Yeah, so this is why uh, you see a lot of immigrants coming to places like Belgium and Gitmo oh, Nation you get Lowlands. Paid to breed? Yeah, it's it's oh. a it's a pay to breed scheme. So if you got cool. like if you pop out a couple kids, then you know it could be like five hundred euros a month, you know, and so then all of a sudden you you're making a living. And uh, but in order to usher in the everything you do is all registered and we've and your money is all set up, they are. Uh, Ushering in the e-birth program. So when you're born, (laughs) this is great. When you're born, you immediately get an electronic bank account with all your info in there. Right down to, you know, race, religion and whatever. And and just and everything gets tacked onto it. And that's where your child money is put. It's put on your e-birth account. So they're really rocking it there. At the same time, this is all over Europe. Engineers, you know, like sysadmins and stuff, they're being carded. They're getting a card. It looks like a driver's license, has biometric information on it. It's the engineering card so that you can uh, travel to other countries within the United States of Europe and be recognized as an actual uh, engineer. But I think it's really bad. An engineer? Yeah, more, you mean like a guy like that? No, more like a guy who can uh, sysadmin engineer. So why do you think it's bad? Well, it's, I mean, well, I mean I, besides the how, carding how, how about thing a, in general. How about a yellow star? Why don't we just put that on you? Hey, you sysadmin, here's a star. You're an engineer? <laughs> here's a patch. Here's a, here's a patch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. It doesn't sound good, you know, because then no, before you know. Why would they do that to engineers? They need engineers. They don't want to insult them. That's why. Then you know, it's like, hey, oh, you got a card? Cool, I want a card. Oh, everyone who's a waiter, you get a card. 
You get it? That's, yeah. that's how you do it. You start slow. And then back where I used to live in Surrey, uh, along with the West Midlands, and this, is, this was big news, a lot of emails about this, it looks like they're going to uh, privatize the cops. Yeah. Yeah, they, they're going to try to do that here, too. I mean, they've been doing it with prisons as best they can, but they haven't been too successful. Yeah, you know, there was more news about, remember the, um, uh, was it the prison, the kids for cash thing? Remember that, the judge? Hello? Oh, yeah, right. The judge who got busted for it uh, because if they could get these kids to, you send them to juvie, they'd make extra money. Right. So there was an NPR. They get a kickback because they were private right. prisons they could pay back. So there was an NPR story this morning about that. I'll just play the intro, but then we'll put two and two together. More than 2,000 young people in Pennsylvania are trying to put one of the nation's worst <laughs> juvenile. You already got it, right? Pennsylvania. Yeah, right away. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Hello, Hello Pennsylvania. I to the show. Yeah, Pennsylvania <laughs> once again. And we had uh, uh, Pete O'Bear Penn State. We've got Pete O'Bear Kids for Cash. We've got the second mile pedo bear. We've got the whole Roman Catholic Church in Pennsylvania. What is it? I mean, let's just call it Pedovania. Don't call it Pennsylvania. Pedovania. We're done. I like that. I'm writing that down as a potential show name. <laughs> Pedovania. I mean, t- I'm just crazy. It's all in Pennsylvania. And Pennsylvania is beautiful, by the way. I mean, Pennsylvania is okay, but what is that like? Pedo bear central? Does he live in a cave there? <laughs> it's just crazy. It comes out growling once a year. It's just <laughs> like a, like the hedgehog. Where are my children? It's just crazy. I'm telling you, this this, this has got to stop. <laughs> you know, I bet you if we started looking into Pennsylvania, we'd find it's probably a bottomless pit of this stuff. Well, These are just the stories that they're they throwing at us. Yeah, we haven't even done out. any research. It is outrageous. I'm telling you. And then. Uh, uh, Carnegie comes from, uh, and the Mellon family, right? I think maybe we'll look into it. We'll 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 have it down. We'll nail it. Yeah, <laughs> we'll nail it. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to get too close to that. I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm, we'll just do one more story then. No, I'm I'm not afraid of Lucifer. I'm not afraid of bankers. But the pedo bear guys, they're pretty scary. Yeah, but they're in Pennsylvania. We're not attacking the the whole network. I got friends in Pennsylvania. Well, uh, be careful. Santorum. There you go. So <laughs> that's Santorum. Frothy. There you go. Pedo bear. Can't win. No. Um, although, boy, does he believe he can. That guy is nuts. He's a, he, the guy is deluded. Yeah. Oh. He can't even win. And he can't even get it second place. And to Ron Paul. I mean, come on. So in the dead of night, according to Forbes... The TSA administratively reclassified airport security screeners as transportation security officers. Yeah, you've talked about, you actually, in a red book, you saw this coming when you noticed the badges. I got the show notes thinking badges, but this is like two or three years ago, so it's a slow process. And, uh, you know, guns are coming. Guns will be next. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we remember we had the video when for a while there they got real badges instead of those patches and and right. they, and they were they were being awarded and they were crying like, "Oh, finally." But of course, it, it, so the trans the, the they, oh, tra- wait a minute, they can afford a big one of those those badges aren't cheap, by the way. They can afford that, but they can't afford a $3 dosimeter. 
<laughs> well, explain be, that to me. Well, we don't want we don't want them to know that they're being radiated and getting cancer. I mean, that's why they're not getting dosimeters. So the TSOs now, of course, are st- starting to look like law enforcement officers. But do you know that if they if they catch you with something right at, at the airport, let's just let's let's just presume you've got a big old gun sitting in your bag. And they catch you. They cannot apprehend you. They have to call the police officer over and he can apprehend you. But now, but people are being conditioned and trained into believing that these guys have some power. And by the way, these guys believe they have the power. And Well, in fact, I have a clip. Rock and roll, Coincidentally, baby. prove be- breast pump is real. When it comes to this highly charged, intensely personal, but totally natural bodily function, insensitivity can make news. The TSA has had to learn that lesson time and again. Most recently in Hawaii, when a screener forced a woman to prove her breast pump was real by using it. They're not supposed to do that. No, I don't think so. That's my job. That's Adam Curry's job. Hold on. Let me call in the expert. Mr. Curry will see if that breast pump is real. He'll check and see if it's working. Let me tell you something. If I'm driving in Texas and I carry a weapon in my car, if I'm driving in Texas and a Viper team and a TSO douchebag touches me, does anything, I am going to shoot you. So stay clear. You have no right, citizen. You are a citizen. You are not a, an officer of the law. Stay clear of me. It's a warning. And by the way, all Texans think that way. I bet they do. That's why there's probably no Viper teams down there screwing with the public. Uh-uh. No way. They used to be called security screeners. <laughs> now they're TSO. Oh, airport security screeners. This is very, very bad. I, I took Christina to the airport when she left last time, a couple weeks ago, and I remember riding down the escalator, and there was a whole swath of these uh, TSOs walking, and, you know, I'm sorry, they are subhuman. They're morons. They're, they're, typically, they're overweight, really overweight. They waddle around. They literally waddle like frickin' penguins. It's really frightening that these people are being led to believe they have some kind of law enforcement power. Yes, I would recommend our book club and the people that maintain these things to put on this list. The Sinclair Lewis classic, It Can't Happen Here. Mm. A a book that essentially describes the situation that's very... What you're complaining about is what the book's about. Let me just uh, grab that right now from Amazon. It can't happen here. When did this book uh, come out, John? In the 30s. Oh, really? And will you give us a little uh, synopsis? It's about a uh, political uh, party that takes over, essentially turns the country into a fascist state. Uh, you you know, using principles of communism, but they but the way it's done is with these kinds of people that you're describing taking their jobs serious. Oh, I get to be the hall monitor, you know. I get to be the guy. You where's your hall pass? Mm-hmm. And turning those people into people with actual arrest, you know, powers of the police, and they have no ability to deal with it, and so they abuse the hell out of it. And you end up with a mess on your hands. The, the other classic, of course, is a, which describes this in great detail, only it's not a fiction book, 
a very famous book called Life and Death in Shanghai, mm -hmm. which was written by a woman. And this came out. Do I, I need think, to put the, this on the list as well? Yeah, Life and Death in Shanghai is a must read. It's about the uh, communist takeover of Shanghai in the 20s, I guess. Mean Sheng is her name. Life and, yeah, that's her. Uh, a riveting story and all, well, it's, it's a report, which is, and it's not done at the moment, but it's essentially nonfiction. And it is, it makes your hair stand on end. It was a scandalous book, was banned by the Communist Party. Hmm. Very good read, though. Very good read. We need to read more. That's for sure. Yeah. So, so I've got the little uh, I've got the little reading list together here in the show notes three eight eight dot na show notes dot com. Uh, please remember that uh, this program is value for value oriented. The only way we can keep it going, keeping two shows per week on the air, is through your generous donations and uh, uh, self policing. I think if you're going to do uh, more than a standard karma or a dedouching or a douchebag, uh, that should be uh, above a nine or nine or nine or nine or. And because uh, otherwise, you know, we just really get bogged down in time. Dvorak.org wow. slash N-A. Wow. Program my own brain with that one. <laughs> so do you want to talk about our premiere? Yes, we have a premiere and uh, we're actually following a, a very tried and true format with this, John. Yeah, I understand that you would see like a Madonna a clip at the end of like Saturday. I think you're using Saturday Night Live and some of these shows that would run these First, you know, it was like a big deal on television. They would make a stink about it, and then she, they, everyone would watch Madonna sing something. And I think it may have been even done before that, like, I don't know. Come on. In the 50s. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> Ozzy and Harriet <laughs> used to have, which is an old black and white show. They, Ricky Nelson Come on, do a, the voice, man. Do it, do it like I you mean do it. I that voice. Hey, hey, I remember. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you mean the old man's voice? Yeah, the old man's voice. Yeah, I, I, I think after talking for two hours, I can't, I can't go. I can't get to the voice. So anyway, they used to have Ricky Nelson, who was a huge pop star, but they boosted the heck out of him on this show. At the end of the show, they would play his latest hit song, and I think that they're the ones who initiated this idea. And that was like '56 or something like that. Well, the thing I don't like about it is uh, Ricky Nelson died in a horrible plane crash, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know where Ozzy and Harriet are. Yeah, well, they're pretty... I don't know where they are either. I think they're both deceased. But, uh... And a reminder... We have a website you can go to to get this. What's the name of the website? Uh, the website is whoopumron.com. Whoopumron.com. This is a part of our uh, executive producers with four penises, uh, which sounds like a name of a group. And uh, there's a video clip that goes along with it, and we'll be premiering this song at the end uh, because it's really, uh, we find it quite good and quite amusing. It's very funny. Very well done. Yeah, very well done. We have a No Agenda producer update on the stream right after the show with a little pre-show banter before they kick off. And uh, remember, noagendaartgenerator.com instead of .info. And uh, I'm going to get to work on the uh, No Agenda Fund. See if we all can benefit from the analysis that we do, because wouldn't it be great if we all made tons of dough? We could be rolling. Yeah, that would be great. A, it's just a thought. Coming to you from Camp Mofo here in the Drone Star State. In the morning, everybody, I'm Adam Curry. From Northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak.